Hey, this is Brian with Concerts That Made Us podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us, a great show about other great shows. Everybody, sorry about the lateness. Hey, Marv. Hey, Tom. I'm just going to. Oh, Tom's doing video. There we go. Can see you as well. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hi. I'm going to pass you these headphones for now, and then we'll sort oh, out awesome. the. Awesome. Have you got the splitter as well? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, let's get that. Where's that going? I still think it looks like Tom Yes. Yes. Yours yes. is a dead ringer. Yeah. You can hear you saying that, you know, Tom can. He is. He's dead ringer. You should look him up. <laughs> you... They hear everything. <laughs> he hears everything. Yes. Yeah, have, you, have you seen the Great British Bake Off? What's that? Great British Bake Off. Hmm. Great British Bagel? Oh, Bake Oh. (laughs) I love that show. Brilliant. Brilliant. I I can't split it anyway. I will leave Louise to chat while um, I go and find something so that we can have both headphones. Okay? Okay. Like I said, I should never How are you? Great. Yourself? Okay, thank you. Not too bad. Good, good. I, I'm Amanda. I don't think I know everybody. So hi. <laughs> hi. I'm Tom. Hi. Hi. I'm Martin's other, as he would say, better half. Probably true. Just <laughs> plug into the tablet. You guys are recording these back to back. That's impressive. <laughs> Yes, but n- next time I won't. I won't record them quite so closely. <laughs> you need a little bit of a break in between. I can see the notes anyway from somewhere else if need be. Here we go. Two in a row—that's just bollocks. <laughs> I love that word. And here we go. 
You should be able to hear them now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Brilliant. Were there I? a couple of lads joining us? I think so. I think so. Yes. So. so well, they're really fashionably late. <laughs> well, they were where we were. We were they were <laughs> where we were. So. Oh well, maybe they yes. did what I did and went to refill their wine. Ah. Uh, uh, yes. It's after five. I can drink now. Meetings. It's always one o'clock somewhere. Just, just in case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be back in one second. Okay. Okay, good clock, as I like to say. <laughs> I'm a day drinker. It doesn't matter what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> just put the uh, the link again in the Instagram. Ooh, a bad angle. Sat next to each other. If I move it over there, they can see both of us better. Yeah, that's cute. Where, where are you from then? Texas. Cool. Yeah, that's all right. I'm actually from the... Oklahoma, but I live in Texas. The biggest Pretty state close. in the Union. Is it? Yeah. It's a, it's a crapshoot around here too. So not my favorite place to be, but it's all right. <laughs> Living here is great if you have a penis. If not, not so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that might go in the post show. Do you do anything? <laughs> they don't like the women here to have a lot of freedom. <laughs> Just saying. And it's always hot. Where are you? Texas. I'm oh, I'm in there. Yeah, I'm in Arizona, so it's yeah. always hot, hotter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's dry heat. We have humid heat. That's right. <laughs> Ten <laughs> times better. <laughs> I think anything past 95 degrees is just heat. I don't care whether it's humid or not. It's just we hot. say the same thing here. Yeah. I mean, once it's past 110, you're just you're, you know, fucked, I guess. <laughs> Pardon the language. Okay. Look look at Tom's cap. Oh, yes. Kiss. <laughs> I have yep. a kiss shirt. I love it. Nice. Yep. What's my it. last kiss show two weeks ago? Won't go on. Go I, miss, I miss the shirt. What's he wearing? What shirt? Oh, I'm not on? wearing it right oh. now. I'm sorry. Oh, right. okay. I was just saying I have a kiss shirt. I love it. Yeah. Cool. I've never seen them. I always wanted to. Uh, yeah, well, this is it. I mean, like one more year yeah. and that's it. I don't know. They always say that. I I went yeah. to I went to George Strait's final concert at like the biggest arena in the country, right. and now he's still doing <laughs> tours. I'm like, right? Why did I pay so much money for that? Yeah, but you know what? After listening to Paul Stanley saying, I I really hope for his sake that it's the last. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Really? He's, he's lip. He's he's lip syncing most. Yeah, he's lip syncing most of the songs now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hello, hello, Matthew. Hey Marv, how you doing? Hi, Hi Matthew. Hey, hello, hello. All these people. There's somebody else on here. I've got an arrow. Blimey, so many people. <laughs> not today. Oh, he's not joined yet. He's joining. He's trying. He's trying. 
You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Come on, Nikki, long. you can do it. Oh, we, it looks like his audio's there. His audio's yeah, there. Well, my, has my video not up here? Hey, there we there go. We go. Oh, it's Hello. a kitty cat. It is. <laughs> my kitty cat's over here, not on screen. <laughs> he just came downstairs with me. I figured I'd grab him. <laughs> Very good. She was all over my keyboard a minute ago, so I'm glad we weren't doing anything. Yeah. Our beagle does that to my wife every morning. She gets gets the laptop open and the beagle <laughs> wants to climb all over. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Love beagles. Yeah. Well, so do we. So not Bamf, what what's your name, sir? Because we haven't met before, really, have we? Uh, I'm with the, the Stew World Order on uh, Twitter. I'm at SWO Productions. This is just, uh, if it says not BAMF, that's just like my old screen name I've had since like 1999. <laughs> <laughs> I used it in a comic book form a long time ago, and <laughs> I still use it pretty much everywhere. But what's your actual name? Oh, uh, Robert. Robert Stewart. Cool. Like, Hello, are we supposed to, what are we supposed to call you? Oh. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Awesome. Matthew Matthew does from the swamp to the swamp and the wind place show. Yep. So politics and horse racing. That's kind of my oh, MO. Horse <laughs> I like it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we watched the clip, didn't we, of the horse savaging the other horse. Oh yeah, yeah. Frenzy it's fire savaging, savaging Yalpin. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. that was one of the more wild things I've ever seen. So, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> is it American politics, international politics, both? A little bit of both, mostly state American, <laughs> mostly okay. American. But I do stories at the state level, national level. And then I hmm. typically do a, a few stories. Actually, just this last week, I did a story about some of the shortages going on over in the UK and then the, mm. uh, the German elections, actually, as well. So nice. it's kind of, okay. yeah, go all over, oh. try to be pretty down the middle. I, I was a professor for 10 years. And so I, uh, try to be pretty down the middle with my politics. Don't try to push awesome. one way or the other. Love it. So, love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you want to talk about Texas, call me, but don't. I'm not yeah. down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the middle. <laughs> okay. And um, Amanda, what, what what show do you do again? The Sip List. Oh, yes. The Sip List. Yes. Not to do so, drinking. It uh, is, I think. Drinking. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Drinking and top five lists. So we talk oh, about all says, kinds of stuff. And she says Halloween Curse of Michael Myers is the worst Halloween movie. It made me a little <laughs> bit sad. It's a bad one, though. You yeah. really don't think it's worse than Resurrection? We may have to talk. <laughs> you know, what's <laughs> funny is the show I'm doing at 730 after this is we're doing Halloween Resurrection on um, Pinto nice. Comics. And I had to watch that again. I was like, no, nope, this is definitely the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you doing a month of halloween then uh rob oh no just um the the guy over at pinto comics john like he's the first podcast friend i made like several years ago whenever i started all this and he and i have gotten to be actually really good friends and two or three days ago he lost his hard drive so he lost like uh. all the saved you know, backed no. up episodes no. that he had. So Ooh. I'm doing an episode with him tonight for, you know, the month of October Halloween special that it, it'll come out this week because now he's he's not ahead anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be limited on editing time then. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. What, what do you think well, to Pet Cemetery? Oh, I never saw the remake and it's been a long it's not time. Good. 
It's been a long time since I've seen the original. I think Louise is on about the original. Yeah. 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 The yeah. remake is not good. The book's amazing. Oh, yeah. book's great. Book I'm a huge great. Stephen King fan too, so. <laughs> if, if you've got plenty of time to read yeah. it, it's a very big, chunky book. Pet Cemetery. Yes. Is it? Oh, is it, oh, is it, oh my God. Have oh, you no, seen the not. stand? Or, I was going to say, oh, yes, it's the stand, the stand or, or it's 11, 22, the stand in it, yeah. Uh, Duma Key? <laughs> yeah, Pet Cemetery is like, meh. All right, okay. <laughs> but it mixed up. In fact, of course, yeah. That's slight yeah. reading. <laughs> even, even, Christine's thick, even Christine's thicker than Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah, it book. is. Yeah. Not by much, but yeah. Not by much, yeah. but yeah. Rose Matter is huge. But yeah, it, yeah, those are yeah. some big books. Those are thousand pagers. Yeah. Well, I read Christine when I was twelve years old. Under the old, dome. So. Nice. Yeah. It was the, uh, well, the, the rock and roll ha- brought me, pulled me in. Oh, to to Christine or to because of the music. Because because of this because you uh, the, in Christine all the all the time yeah. all the chapters begin with a with a with a quote from or lyrics mm-hmm. from songs. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very clever. Yes, very. Yeah. You got tangled knots. <laughs> I thought I'd killed the conversation. <laughs> well, I'm doing, I did a Halloween one um, with my friend on his show, and then we're doing a top five this weekend. Top five uh, Halloween moments I'm doing, and he's doing Nightmare on Elm Street. So oh, wow. if, you want, if you want a horror fix, that's what we'll be. Nice. nice. I will not be including anything from Halloween 6. <laughs> but it has Paul Rudd. It does have Paul Rudd. <laughs> Everybody loves the Rudd. Yes. I mean, he's a gem. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Age is better than anyone. Hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you might have a point. <laughs> Hollywood magic. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear me. So, hey, this is Tim for Bad Counsel. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to the smooth, dulcet tones of Marv on Pods Like Us. <laughs> so, uh, as I said in another show, actually, St- Stephen King is in mine and Louise's history because we met, or the first time we talked, Louise was reading The Dead Zone. Oh, okay. Very nice. That's, it's a good that- one. That, yeah. got, that got me to talking to Louise because I asked her about it. I did it on purpose. I just, yeah, oh. I just watched that film uh, not too long ago. The uh, the Christopher Walken version I just watched not too long ago. Just came out on Blu-ray, so picked it up. Very good. Oh, nice. I like that nice. film a lot. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. There's been some good adaptations, and there's been oh. some total shit yeah. adaptations. It's like, Don't ooh. get me started on the It miniseries, please. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. <clears throat> I love Maximum Overdrive. Oh my god! It's brilliant, but it's, is, it's brilliant, but it's good cheese. Yeah. Mm. All I know is the the Dark Tower movie infuriated uh. my wife. <laughs> Just infuriated. It was so funny seeing her be the angry geek about something. If you can get through the Dark Tower books, I will send you a medal because oh my god. I know she's read them. I know she loves the Dark Tower books. Yeah. Mm. I think we've already gone gone into this already. So, so, (laughs) you know what? We'll we'll, we'll go from here. So, yeah, because we'll we'll carry on with the Stephen Stephen King thing because 
I think sometimes there's versions of his films that are really good, like The Shining, but but Stephen King himself absolutely hates that film. Yeah. Have you read yeah, the book? I've heard that. <laughs> no, I haven't actually if, read that book. No, I know it's so different. If if you've read the book, the Kubrick movie is blasphemy. It's <laughs> if you think of it not as part as the book, it's a great great movie. It is yep. just the worst adaptation of a book. Like it's awful if you compare <clears throat> it to the book. I mean, right? You you don't want to know the book if going into seeing uh, the, the shine the film adaptation or Kubrick's adaptation. You you don't. Yeah. As a matter of fact, probably you don't want to go into a lot of his movies. Um, you know, if 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 you if you haven't read them, it's probably yeah. best if you want to see those movies. Yeah, because I don't think he liked the Dead Zone, did he? Either I don't think. I don't know the film. that one. I don't know. Probably not. He did the like only... the TV miniseries of The Shining with Stephen Weber. Right, right. <laughs> I think he was more involved with that one though, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the the Shining reading. I read the book in college, but I grew up on the movie, and reading the book just ruined that movie for me. Mm-hmm. It was right. like I found out my favorite love song was written about a sandwich. It was just like <laughs> the worst thing ever. <laughs> but it's a good movie, but just not a great adaptation. Yep, I like Doctor the, Sleep was yep. amazing. Sorry. Yes, I was the going book to say or the book. movie. I thought both. I thought All they right. did a really good job. I think the film they did a good job of. Um, it was a difficult thing to do because, mm-hmm. in a way, they were trying to link it in, link it to the book by mm-hmm. Stephen King, right. but at the same time, they had to link it. They were told to link it to the the Kubrick film as well, mm-hmm. and they had to find a sort of middle ground where they could actually link the two together, but also keep Stephen King happy at the same time because he wasn't happy that they were trying to link it to the original Shining film. And I thought they did a really good job of actually negotiating that. Absolutely. Yeah. Impossible task, but they pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. Going, going into the superhero world. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like the, uh, the films that are based on Alan D Moore. I mean, on Alan Moore's writings, like the Watchmen. He absolutely mm. hates. Oh yeah. That are based the on watch, his right. writings. Yeah. Yeah, he hated V for Vendetta. He hated he the Watchmen. Although Alan Moore ends up hating most of the stuff that he writes. Yes. Too. <laughs> yeah. Ask Alan Moore about like things that he's written, and he ends up hating it. So, well, he Stephen King wrote some of his best work drunk or high. So, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, drunk, drunk at least. <laughs> uh, he wrote so much of his best work on Coke. So, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? <laughs> well, with how long those books are, obviously he had to have been on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is true. Especially those 80 books. Those books from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh misery. Oh my god. It's like a good a good movie adaptation, but the book is so mm. much worse. Like okay. it there's parts of it that I like cringe at how bad Annie is, like how mm-hmm. evil she mm. is. Right. So yeah. 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 What I find interesting about King is is some of my favorite uh some of my favorite pieces of his work are actually nothing, have nothing to do with horror. I mean, the Shawshank mm-hmm. Redemption is one of my yes. favorite yeah. films. And the Green and, Mile. You know, it's just a novella, basically. And, and right. uh, Stand even by the Green me. Mile, you know, is, uh, you know, that it's a little Hollywood cheesy, but it's, you know, it's interesting how those films have one type of legacy and then the horror films mm-hmm. that he's done are 
the books that he's done that have been adapted into film have a very different type of legacy. So that always is very interesting to me. Mm. Yeah. We just did top five Stephen King adaptations on my show, maybe like three or four weeks ago. And definitely like Shawshank and Green Mile and Stand By Me were all yeah. like part of that conversation because people don't think about that. Because especially Shawshank, there's no, there's not even like a supernatural element, whereas like Green Mile at least has kind of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Good point. You know. Yeah. yeah. So people forget about it because it's not horror or whatever. Right. right. It gets beaten very badly though in Shawshank. Yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, there's, there's definitely some brutal, uh, yeah. you know, scenes in terms of what it's like to be in prison, uh, particularly at that time in American that, history. And so, that's, that's suicide yeah. as well. In the in yeah prison. yeah that Brooks very sad Brooks. Yeah. Brooks. yeah to be in prison for something you know you didn't do like that mm. desperation is just Tim Robbins was outstanding they were, they were all That's outstanding yeah. well yeah I mean, yeah yeah I mean the the character of Brooks essentially he's got almost a ver- he's almost got a ver- version of Stockholm syndrome in a way where he's been mm-hmm. he's been in- incarcerated for that long that that actually is his life. So once he came out yeah. of prison, he didn't know anything other than the prison life. So he didn't know what to do, which, which brought that on. And, mm. and to Amanda's point, you know, about being locked in prison for something you didn't do. And, and Marv, to your point about the Stockholm of uh, Brooks, in some ways, when you frame it that way, it is a horror, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it is a horror film. Yeah. I mean, that, that you're stuck in, incarceration for something you didn't do and you've been brainwashed into institutionalization i mean that's yeah that's the scary that, that's rather scary but the way it's depicted on screen is almost uh you know whimsical in some in some senses so but i think it's probably reality too for some people yeah oh god yeah i'm sure hmm. we, we like thinner don't we yes you like, favorite, you like thinner, don't you? yes yeah. has anybody ever noticed uh in um, his three of his films, and they all involve an oil tanker crash. Mm. In a no. cemetery and yeah. dead zone, they all involve an oil tanker crash. Oh, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Are they all in the book? About that. Mm. Amanda, I know. They, I know Pet Cemetery, but I don't know about. I haven't read the Dead Zone. No. Oh, okay. I have it. I haven't read it. No. <laughs> in the film. In the film. No, I was just wondering if it attracted to be if it was in the book originally and st- and King had written it in the book and that's why it ended up in the film. You see, I don't think Pet Cemetery says it's an oil tanker. I think it just says it's a big semi truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, yeah. but I I'm not 100 percent sure. So but he, yeah. he has a lot of road accidents in his books. I think. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially in trucks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh yeah, misery. Yeah, yeah, from a Buick Eight. Oh. Yes. 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 Has everybody read that one? I have not. not no. Yeah, I haven't either. I, again, I have it. Have not read it. <laughs> I was on a pretty because you know I can see you know with the Beatles picture behind me or poster behind me. I mean, I was on a. I, I had that. a pretty good system down about a few years ago before I started podcasting where I, I would read a Beatle book and then I would read a Stephen King book and I had a really good system going down and right up until about misery and then that's when I just started the, doing the podcasting and then it just took over the whole 
my whole, you know, all my free time yeah. for the most part. And then, you know, I've got all these other books past, uh, you know, misery that are, you know, collecting dust on the shelves and I really want to get to them, you know, but then, you know, another book comes out that I have to read for the podcast and it's just mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I guess retirement, <laughs> you know, is, is now yeah. the, uh, you know, the answer for that, unfortunately. So. <laughs> yep. Tom Tom does the Paul McCartney podcast called Two Legs, and he does a solo Beatles podcast called Talk More Talk, by the way. Yeah. Oh, nice. Awesome. Okay. Did you read the John Lennon book, the James Patterson one? one? The James Patterson I, one. Yeah, I have it over here, but no, I have not. Same. I bought it <laughs> when it came out, but I haven't read it yet. Right, right. I'm in the same boat as you with the with the podcast and the not reading my books yeah. and I've got a Stephen King book next to it, next to me that I'm halfway through and I just can't finish it. Uh, not because it's not good. Right. Uh, Billy Summers. Okay. All right. So it's good. I recommend it. Yeah, I, I got caught out with the reading thing because for my other podcast, the, the George Harrison based podcast, I had to read the, the book that was brought out recently that was written by uh, Ken Krupa Krupa and, and Romack. Yeah. And, uh, Trying to fit that around the recording of the podcast and doing almost 70 hours a week at work was not easy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dear me. It's it's but, not, but you know what? The, the authors really do appreciate when you're going into an interview with them, when you know the material, um, yeah. you know, they, they do appreciate that. Absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a good book as well. I mean, some yeah. of the things... You know, like like Ed Chen from when they was Fab was saying, you know, there are some things in the book that that we knew already, but mm-hmm. it was interesting. I thought that book to look at it from the point of view of the relationship between Eric Clapton and George Eric. Harrison. Right. I thought that was interesting, and to look back at how their history and, and how they were and how brought- different they were, you know, as as people. I mean, George, I mean, Eric Clapton was a blues guy. You know, he 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 stuck his nose up to rock and roll or what rock and roll was back then. You know, so the fact that he and George Harrison were able to have this friendship for so many years is is really, you know, quite amazing. And the way they grew up was totally different as well. So uh, it's really interesting. You know, these these you know entertainers their lives and you know mm-hmm. how they're able to make friends with other entertainers that have you know equally screwed up lives or whatnot <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome what's up everybody this is chris from the podcast real film reviewed and you're listening to marv on pods like us so anyway um we might as well go into the show now and make it really you know yeah, so um, yeah, I have notes. What? Yeah, <laughs> fantastic people have notes. Wow, I've only got, I've only got the bullet gnomes point. or notes, <laughs> both. <laughs> okay, Tom, Tom has gnomes. Oh, I've got... <laughs> he does. There nice, you go. I like it. Yes. He, he got it. He got it free with the bo- with the new uh, deluxe box well, set. Yeah, they were free George in the, uh, the. Yeah, they were free in the one uh, k uh, <laughs> box. <laughs> yes, one thousand dollars worth, right uh, there. Take care of that baby. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Leave you me. <laughs> so anyway, nobody's allowed in this room to even look at it. <laughs> well, you were just kind of manhandling it there, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, but if I'm if anybody's going to break it, it better be me, you know. So for, for people listening, uh, everybody would know that I'm Martin Crawl, known to my friends as Marv, and I've also got at the side of me. I'm Louise, known as Martin's better half. 
and my, some of my friends call me Lou. So there you go. There you go. So yeah, all of us are sorted together because we were we were all interested or, or we were discussing between ourselves in a in a in a chat group about about the idea of what we see as a classic film. Uh, so what, what what do people think the meaning of the word of the phrase classic film is? Because I think it's different according to age, possibly, and you know, because a classic film to me might be fifties, sixties, seventies. And a classic film to somebody like Matthew's brother Nathaniel is is a film from the nineties and the in the eighties. If you're lucky, it's a film from the nineties and eighties. Sometimes Nathaniel will say an early two thousands film is an oldie, and I'll be like, pardon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think you know, Marv. It's interesting. That's exactly kind of where I was starting when I was thinking about this. Is uh, that. You know, I think of my father introduced me to films that he thought were classics that were from the 40s and 50s. Yes. And then when as I got kind of my own sense of self, I tend to look back on films that I have a certain connection to uh, with regards to films in the 80s and 90s in a lot of cases or 70s as well. Uh, one of the things, though, that I think transcends those time periods, for me at least, is the word timeless. That there's something timeless about a yeah. film that no matter what age it is, no matter what uh, era it is, you pop it in, it's still entertaining, it still catches your attention, and it, it it's aged well uh, for the viewer. So I think, and that's something that from the you know honestly from silent mm-hmm. films to to you know stuff that's really recent, I think that can transcend all of it for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the word classic, I, I think it sometimes people use it and I don't really think they understand when they're using sometimes, <laughs> you know, I don't think you know what that mean, word means sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I think that word gets thrown around um, uh, unappropriately sometimes, but, but, you know, classic, I, I think is sometimes just an opinion, um, really, <laughs> I mean, it's, you can have a classic film in a genre like a horror genre, let's say, like, you know, you guys are talking about Halloween earlier. I mean, that first Halloween film could be a classic in that genre, but not necessarily a classic in the, let's say, the whole spectrum of films. Oh, um, I think it is. You know, oh, maybe. yeah. Well, no, yes. I, and, I will fight you on that. Yeah, I will die on that hill. <laughs> and that's where the opinions start taking <laughs> Amanda and I are coming <laughs> for you. Yes, yeah. that's fine, you know. And and I agree with Matthew. I mean, these are film, films that stand the test of time, that they're handed down from generation to generation. Um, you know, absolutely. And, um, you know, these are the films that keep getting reissued by these studios, you know with new special features and it's just you know i i can tell you i've probably bought goodfellas and the clockwork orange probably eight times over oh the my last gosh. over the last 20 years you know that's how many times these films get you know reissued or these classic films if you will um so yeah i mean one i think it's it's just what you like you know and yeah mm-hmm. and it's and it's you know Good luck trying to convince other people, but you know, you, but, you but yeah, yeah. Can, go ahead. Sorry, do you think covering classic films is a bit of a no no? Oh, coloring, no. oh, I, Co- I, I, no, re- remaking, um, remaking. Oh. Oh, remaking. yeah. Um, in a way, I mean, I can tell you right now, if uh, someone was brave enough to remake The Godfather, I wouldn't go see it, Mm-mm. you know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
there, there's there's yeah. been remakes out there of maybe the, like B films that come out here, like like Bad Lieutenant, you know, or something like that. That um, you know Harvey Keitel, and then you know, and then Nick Cage. Um, you know, that character can be remade, maybe. Um, but but yeah, when you're talking like classic films, like you know, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Sound of Music, but you know what? Nobody better remake that film. Right. That's well. It's interesting you bring that up because Spielberg is remaking West Side Story. Right. Yeah. For many people, is that's a a Broadway musical? So I think that it is. It is, but it's still interesting to see how that's gonna. I mean, that's such a legendary film. We'll see. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm just ready to say when you're a jet, you're a jet. On the other hand, you've got you've got films that are seen by some people as classic, uh, say B movies, uh, mm. such as you know the thing from outer space. And when 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 that was remade with with Kurt Russell, that that is a fantastic film. That is one I of loved it. that's one of oh, Kurt, yeah. I think that's one of Kurt Russell's best films. Mm-hmm. Oh best. yeah, I think that's the the thing with remakes that I always say is whatever remake the godfather i mean geez that would take some cojones to do that but whatever you remake no matter how good or bad it is it doesn't change the original no the original will always be there yeah so i mean all all remaking something does is create something that other people might enjoy so if you remake the godfather heaven forbid but if you remake the godfather maybe you'll get a bunch of people who really like it and good for them good on them if they like it but if if you or i hate it we can still watch the original godfather it doesn't impact that at all in in a way it's also bringing and bringing it the the, the attention to a new generation right uh, as well and then they can do the research and go back and like oh this is a remake maybe i should watch the original you know as well i I I mean oh sorry no, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say a perfect example of that, which isn't a movie, but is Cobra Kai. Like, mm. oh, yeah. I Karate Kid is in my top five favorite movies of all time. Oh. When they did that Jaden Smith movie, I was like, no, 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 it's actually fine. But yeah. and it's Kung, was, Kung Fu in his film as well. Listen, we're yeah. 80s people. We have pride in our, our, you know, our some of these movies that we grew up with yeah. and and damn you if you think you're going to get me to go to the theater and watch right. that move that remake <laughs> and actually the jaden smith movie is good if you don't compare it to the original it's a little bit of a different story they take some of the same elements it's actually a decent movie but for me i'm like you cannot recreate the karate kid but with cobra kai you're getting the same stuff we loved when we were kids mm-hmm. but you're also introducing a new generation with new kids and, and getting you know getting my kid to watch it when she thinks the karate kid is stupid and now she's like oh cobra guy is pretty cool so i think that's a good example of how they can do that but it doesn't always work out that way yeah. Yeah. Doing- luckily they're avoiding karate kid three I uh, don't know. In Cobra Kai, they're yeah. pretending that. No, they're happened. not. In Cobra no, they're Kai, not. They are, they are bringing yes. in the Karate Kid 3 yes. characters. Harry Silver yes. is back, oh, yes. and there's yeah. rumors that they, He hinted at that at the end. Yeah, absolutely. You've spoiled it now. Thank you. <laughs> no, the trailer, <laughs> the trailer hey, shows him. 
And let's not be surprised if Hillary Swank shows up no. uh, in the future season. Yeah. One flew so. over the cuckoo's nest. I, I'm not sure whether it came out or is coming out, but isn't Sarah Paulson doing <gasps> yes. a Nurse Ratchet show? Yeah, well, that was so a Netflix good. show. That yeah, it did come out already. Yeah, it did come out. Yeah, and it was kind of like a prequel, you know, to yeah. to that. So, yeah. can we can we have a computer generated Pat Morita in the Cobra Kai show? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It can just be there and it can just re they can just reuse the footage where he says wax on, wax off. <laughs> right. It's like you miyagi'd me. It's a verb. Um I know I keep saying, like I promise I'm not trying to plug my show, but we just did top five worst uh sequels. And karate, next Karate Kid was on my list. I was like, mm. the most unnecessary movie ever. So right. love you, Hillary Swank. Please, Cobra Kai, don't bring her in. But, Any Home Alone <laughs> film past Home Alone 2. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Hey, it's Gil from The Mind Buzz. Today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to Pods like, like us. us. I think the whole like classic movie thing, you know, like I don't know how old everybody is. I'm guessing some of us are close, and Matthew might be a little younger. <laughs> I'm 42, so I'm an. Oh, I'm right with you. I'm 41. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, 48, 48 kudos so. to you. Yeah. <laughs> 51. Uh, okay, so 40. We're. Okay, I was going to say, you have to say now. We all did. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, a classic movie was considered a black and white movie. As yeah. I've just not considered by everybody, but just kind of like by my family and by me. And then, you know, but my mom watched every single black and white movie there was. And then all the Elvis movies and, you know, everything. So as I've gotten older, I kind of feel like what you guys said, it's just a movie that stands the test of time. I mean, there's arguably lots of different ones that some people like and some people don't, but who doesn't with their family watch the wizard of Oz at least once a year and their kids watch it. I mean, that movie is timeless. Like it's still played every year on like Thanksgiving or whatever, somewhere, you know, it's something people still watch. So I think it is something that you can involve your family in and have your own, like your nostalgia, but then they can also, it's like bringing a new, like we said, new generation. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a family event, you know, Wizard of Oz every year yep. on, on, you know, public TV, you know, when it was on free TV, um, right. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and my mom before me was, you know, grew up watching it on TV, you know, so absolutely. Yeah. And Tom, I think that's a great, it goes back to your distinction between right. perhaps the best films versus what would be classic films. And I think right. there's sometimes the distinction between those two. And right. uh, Amanda, when you were mentioning that, I, I was thinking of the movie, A Christmas Story. Which yes. I think everybody watches at Christmas time. I mean, everybody yes. loves it's on everybody's top five list. It's you know, it's not Francis Ford Coppola is not making that movie. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it doesn't have the sort of directorial flourishes. Uh, you know, it, it's a great movie, but it's a classic movie. I mean, right. I, I, you know, I'll fight anyone who would say otherwise. But it's not the Godfather. My, it's it's, my it's hates in its that own movie. little air. <laughs> that's well, very sad to hear. But, yeah, but that's <laughs> I know he has no soul. Yeah. It's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh. getting inside. He's getting looking for Christmas. <laughs> oh, like, cold, who cold for you. Ralphie Gun. <laughs> First time I watched that movie, I cried like, mm-hmm. especially yeah. at the end. And then I'm like, you know, I'm, I was, you know, staying at my dad's at the time, and you know, and he was in his bedroom watching something else. And I'm kind of like, 
looking over my shoulder, making sure he's not walking out and seeing me crying <laughs> over this movie. <laughs> I grilled my husband on that. I was like, didn't you ever want something for Christmas so bad that when you got it, it just like, mm. it made you so happy? And he was just like, no. And I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never wanted a Cabbage Patch doll in the 80s. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Garbage pail kid for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love garbage pail kids. Oh my! I used to have those cards. Yeah, I remember too. those? Same here. Same here. So I think for the classic thing, I I agree with the point where it's a word that can be used interchangeably in the the genre in just movies as a whole. And I will say classic as, and this would be my own personal interpretation. Anything made before I was born. Okay. So anything anything before 1980 is classic in my head because it existed before I did. But then, yeah, there's the movies that are just proven. Like Jurassic Park is a classic movie. Terminator right. 2 is a classic yeah. movie. I mean, I was a teenager whenever those came out, but they're movies that I have watched several times in my life and will watch several more times in my life. So it's like mm-hmm. the word fine. Fine can mean like a fine <laughs> point or it can mean okay. But I mean, it's the same word either way. So classic for me can mean just old and has held up or anything that's like, you know, an, a five star, almost five star movie, regardless <laughs> yeah, it, of how old it is. Yeah, it's a bit like earlier. Tom mentioned a film earlier on. And when he when he when he mentioned this film, I thought classic can also be seen as classic genre. So when Tom mentioned earlier, Goodfellas, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. That's a classic yeah. mafia film or a classic gangster film. Much mm-hmm. as The Godfather and, um, yeah. well. you know, Casino and films yeah. like yeah. that. And then classic horror films, like we've mentioned earlier on, you'd have the original uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. You would have the original, would, would you say the Friday the 13th or would you say the second Friday the 13th is the better film? Oh, I, I think the mm. second one's better. I wouldn't call either of them classic. And I love those films with all of my heart. Right. Well, <laughs> well see, and that's good, too, because that's you. you as a film lover, you ha- you also have to be able to to differentiate, to, to differentiate the, that kind of thing is, you right. know, you might love it you yourself but you know a million people outside you know they're not going to love it and they're not going to consider yeah. it a classic like you might consider it a classic right. i i love i love the i think it's a 1993 movie called hackers with angelina oh. jolie and oh johnny lee God. miller i freaking love that movie to oh, a point because so i was cheesy. i it's incredibly it's cheesy good. i was 13 years old when it came out and i was like just starting to figure out computers and i just thought this is how like the internet was going to work and mm-hmm. everything i love that but i am i also have the cognitive wherewithal to recognize right. this is not a good movie right. uh and this is not a movie <laughs> that's going to be on anybody's like best of list um and so <laughs> i you know but but yeah it's to me it's classic but that's just something right. i keep inside and now i've shared with right. the world but i mostly just keep inside to myself so <laughs> Yeah, I, I legit, I just, I could look on my letterbox right now and say, I can tell you, I have Friday the 13th part two and Friday the 13th part six as four and a half star movies. They're objectively oh. not, <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that I will watch at least those two movies 10 more times before I die. Yeah. 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 Don't 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 watch hackers. If you want to know how computers work, because none Ooh. of it, none of it, none of it is real. No, no. 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 
Marv, that's why I have to rely on Nathaniel to do everything for the podcast because I have no idea how computers work. So uh, that's the problem. <laughs> There's this little 80s gym called Nothing But Trouble. I don't know if anybody's oh, yeah. ever seen it. Yeah. It's terrible. It's so, so awful, but I can't right. not watch it. I wouldn't call yeah. it a classic, but it's like, damn, that's an amazing movie. Yeah. yeah. For me, you know, I was grew up with sci-fi. I, I was um, in 79. I was, what, six when they uh, put Star Wars back in the theaters. And that's the first time I got to see it. So I was a big sci-fi throughout the 80s. My mom took me to, to see this little film called Ice Pirates. It's <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> but I love it. I love I it. I don't know this I movie. Have, <laughs> I have a friend who watches oh, Ice Pirates every year on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's his Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. You know? Louise, Louise will not watch Santa Claus Conquers the Martians with me. Oh, Absolutely that's not. What's that? <laughs> oh, I've got taste. It's I don't know dread- about that one. Oh, it's, it's dreadful, it's, but it's, hilarious. It's always on like the top fifty worst movies of all time list. I've never okay. seen it outside of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Mm. Like I've never seen it without no. Joel and the robots making fun of it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find that. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yes, it's uh, legendary, really, uh, or notoriously bad. Check, to, hilarious. Check Tubi, check Tubi TV if you have okay. that app. It yep. might be there. They've, they've, Tubi, I've discovered a few months back, and they just have this wonderful um, canacopia of B, really bad, great B movies. <laughs> you know, like oh, Shudder yeah. or different from Shudder. Oh, you, you'll probably find it on something like Filmbug or any of oh, those yeah. Shutter, small, I don't know. lesser ones. Those lesser mm-hmm. ones, they they bound to have it. You've, they've probably got it on YouTube, in fact. I was really? actually, I just Googled Santa Claus versus the Martian, or Santa Claus conquers the Martians. It's yep. on YouTube. The there whole you go. film. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Yeah. If you have Shutter, you can watch Chopping Mall. Now there's a good uh, one. It cost okay. me one pound on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Found well spent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. But then that, yeah, this takes us into that kind of cult classic area where we, you oh, know, again yeah. use that word classic and yeah. we do it almost tongue in cheek because there's a recognition with cult classics that they're not great, but they've right. developed this cult following. And Got a following. I mean, I, I remember the first time I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I will still three or four times a year just on YouTube pull up. Tim Curry's opening scene where he introduces himself as Dr. Frankenfurter because I've never seen anybody just go for it the way that guy went for it in that scene. And I'm just like, I, 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 I hope to one day have that amount of charisma in my life. And so, uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, but that's a cult classic. It's, it's, it's a bizarre movie. Uh, and, but it's great. I love it, but yeah, it's that cult classic. And, uh, and I think that's what's really fun to see, right. you know, with my brother being a lot younger than I am. There are some movies that that generation just picks yes. up on for some odd yeah. reason, and they suddenly become cult classics for them in a way that they might not even been for people right. who are 40 or so. So right. it's when, interesting to see. That's a whole different film. genre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when is. you have it a is. film that continues to play and you have and you have sellouts at midnight shows and these people are dressing up, you know, mm-hmm. going line right. for line, singing along. I mean, that, that that's a classic, no matter if it's a, a cult classic or, or anything. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a classic, you know, yeah. if it stands the test, that's there. I think that's a perfect example of a film that's standing yeah. the test of time. Yeah. It might not be a household name, uh, if you will, as 
something like maybe, you know, a, a David Lean film, but it's still, a, you know, a film that people enjoy decade after decade. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, have... oh, sorry. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, I was just going to say, speaking of Tim Curry, my favorite cult classic ever, Clue. Yeah. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really yeah. good film. Yeah. God, it's so good. Yeah. People hated it when it came out. And yeah. now it's like everybody yeah. loves it. And I'm like, no, I've liked Clue since I was a kid. Right. right. That was <laughs> saw one of three yeah. endings. Right. It <laughs> was one of those films that yeah. HBO would play five times yes. a day, you know? Yeah. I think I, I was remember say actually, the- I was going to say a program, a program I've listened to before. I, th- I think it was Film Sack or one of the other podcasts. They actually looked at the film Clue. And they were saying, oh, when that film first came out, it might have been more liked in the UK because it matched the UK sense of humour or their mm-hmm. type of comedy more than the American comedy. More American. Yeah. But over the years, it's been more accepted by Americans because the humour in America, you've got more of our shows over there. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that humour is clue. It's very fast. Yes. It's very right. like like this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that's what's happened is over the years, like a lot of films, they'll they'll grow in stature and they'll actually be received better later in later in time. Absolutely. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's that's Shawshank Redemption is Absolutely. one of those films. Yep. You know, I yep. mean, it was you know in and out of theaters. I think probably in a month, and next thing you know, it it, it has this wonderful you know cult following on cable. Mm-hmm. Well, they talk about how oh Jesus, and the movie just went out of my head. Uh, Jimmy Stewart <laughs> Christmas movie. Oh, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. 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 Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But that movie, when it came out made yeah. no blip on anybody's radar right. and only became classic because the rights went up for grabs and some, what was it NBC or something mm-hmm. picked NBC. it up and yeah in the 50s or 60s it was like hey here's something we can just show for free yeah right right he be- had yeah he had all these wonderful classic movies prior to it's a wonderful oh, yeah. life yeah. and in that movie almost in a way just got shed on you know uh when it first came out yep go on Louise I actually didn't like that the first time I watched it Mm. And, and now it comes out every year. Every and I actually year. heard somewhere that they yeah. use it in, uh, I think, mental institutions or some something in America. To, yeah, it's used, um, it's used in. Uh, it's used for it, Samaritans, isn't it? They use yeah. it for people who, you yeah. know, attempt suicide. They'll use it as a mm. thing for them. Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. God, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cry just thinking about it. <laughs> I did classic Christmas films last year. Hi, this is Katie of Bad Counsel with some good counsel. You should keep listening to Marv at Pods Like Us. <laughs> What's next? I was going to say, what about classic TV series? Like, oh um, I don't know, do I say well, Seinfeld, things like that? Well, yeah, yeah again, that's, yeah, for, yeah, those films are, are those TV shows, sorry. I mean, those are the ones where... You know, you're talking about it at work. You're you're calling people and talking about it. You're having uh, show parties. I remember the 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 series finale of Lost. We had a we mm-hmm. had a party. We had a party. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's shows like that that um, you know can be considered classic. Absolutely. I mean, shows that end on their own. You know, on their own terms too. You know, yeah. the, you know that have that long run and they're able to you know end on their own. I mean, I guess you cheers can say yes. Yeah. 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 Go on, they're out on their own terms, you know. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, yeah. you know, honeymooners, mash, you know? mash, mash. Yeah. yeah, Dallas. Oh, but Dallas is so good. <laughs> but it, it's interesting when you talk about 
you know, I think there's the distinction though between TV and film and that a lot of the movies we talked about, all of us have rewatched numerous, numerous times. And yet some of my favorite television shows, I have never watched an episode of after they finished. I love the Sopranos, but I never watched it after. And, uh, you know, but, and and I think some are, I, I think, you know, it's interesting shows like Friends or Seinfeld that are these kind of 30 minute capsules. You can just kind of pick up and rewatch and whatever. But like these films, they are these shows that had these really complex narrative arcs and, you know, yeah. things like Mad Men. And, uh, you know, I've liked the really bizarre show on HBO a long time ago called Carnival. But like mm, these were shows good. that I loved, but I never watch it again just because I like I, even if it's on a rerun I'll right. be like oh well it's like episode three like I have to remember what happened yeah, episode one or two and like I don't know what's going on so yeah uh, that's well, that's, then that's did the you really like it well but then did yeah. you really like it then you know yeah. I mean if you're not willing to put the the time like um you know before each season of Lost would come on I would always pre oh, I would yeah. always watch the the, the mm-hmm. past season again just so I you know my memory was was there but you know you bring up a point about watching these these newer shows again it's like I've actually been trying to you know kind of make time to rewatch Game of Thrones and it's just mm-hmm. you know it's just Ooh, not happening that's hard. it's yeah, yeah, you know, for whatever reason, it's just. Um, but there's shows out there. But then, but then, if I'm flipping through the channels and The Office comes on, I'm going to watch it every you know? time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> the I've thing about those- TV shows that I find is the doom to me of ever watching a, another television show again was getting married because what I like mm-hmm. to do with television is show it to a new person mm-hmm. and now right. I'm married and I've had the same friends for the last how many years. So it's just, right. uh, there's, there's nobody coming over to my house that I can be like, you haven't seen the first three seasons of arrested development. Guess what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just showed lost to my husband last year. We re- I had yeah. seen it. He hadn't. So we did a complete rewatch and it's Excellent. so nice to have streaming yeah. right. because it's yeah. like, you can binge it. And definitely for me, like lost hit different the second time. Like the first time I was so pissed at the ending. The second time I was like, oh, okay. I actually kind of like this and this is the way it should have ended. So, but yeah, like friends, I've seen every episode no less than 10 times. So (laughs) it's different for a sitcom. I, you know, spoilers beware, but uh, I was actually on Facebook, you know, lost chats and whatever. And then when you were talking about the last season and I was probably like one of the only few that predicted the last scene. And I know the scene, the very first scenes open with Jack's open, opens his eye. And I was like, the best way to end it is with Jack closing his eye, you know? And it's just like, yeah. yes. And when I, saw that, I predicted I was, that ending, not, not like that, but I right. predicted the ending. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. I think some series are good because you can just, you know, dip into them. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Like Seinfeld. It doesn't matter where, what season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, like you can just turn on an episode of The Office. You can just turn right, on an right. episode of Friends. You're not going to just, oh, a random episode of Breaking Bad is on. Good point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the situation the comedy is a completely different you watching monster. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're yeah. not going to just flip, start Twin Peaks halfway through season two. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's probably the way it's probably the way Lynch like thought about it in probably. his head. It was all, you know, uh, all over the place. But yeah, it should be, I, uh, it should be the way that Christopher, genius, Christopher Nolan would make it that way. A bit like Memento. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Reverse. Do it in reverse. There yeah, you we've go. worked out how she dies. Now go back to the original. We have no idea how she died. Yeah. Uh, 
But these these things, though, I mean, that's an interesting one that you bring up with television shows. Like when when you mentioned Seinfeld and you mentioned Friends, uh, the same with classic films. You've got certain bits that stick out about them a bit, like you know, there's the famous one. You know, I, I, I. I'm not I'm not that well versed with Seinfeld. Oh, Louise soup, Louise soup. is, but the soup Nazi in, in no Seinfeld, soup for you. That got me. <laughs> no soup for you. No soup for you. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a record store out here. Um, he brought the actor in uh, to do a signing because he had this nice. little pop figure, and so they had a bunch of people, and then he was there to do uh, signings for his for his pop mm. figure. It was pretty funny. Uh, did, did you go up to him and say, "No signing for you"? For you. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think the thing about like like Seinfeld and Friends and even maybe like Cheers and Frasier and Will and Grace's, there's so much stuff. And and I'm not saying this is a bad thing because I'm glad that we're evolving, but there's no way you could get away with suit Nazi now. Like there's just no oh, way. You, oh, all right. And yeah. so I appreciate that. I like, I appreciate the growth of society, but also it's like right. the generation that we're from, like that shit was funny. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I still, wanted to say yeah. talking talking about classic TV, the one thing that throws me off nowadays is I have gotten so used to the modern sitcom like The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, mm. Arrested Development, Modern Family. Mm. I can't watch things with a laugh track anymore. It upsets so. me. I happy don't like happy that. days, you wow. know. Uh, yeah, that bother me. <laughs> that, that's funny because Matthew's brother Nathaniel. That was mentioned in Nathaniel's show Binge Bros the other day, where he said that he thinks that laugh tracks automatically date a program. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, they. Yeah, those those you know multi camera. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, it, it does date those shows, and and I'm the same way. Like I used to love growing up. I used to love you know really weird show Alf uh, about this like <laughs> alien puppet. I had the Alf. And, uh, I had the Alf uh, stuffed animal. Yeah, stuff I, I loved Alf. I went back and like randomly saw an episode of that a couple like years ago, and I was like, oh, this is awful. Like this is not <laughs> at all. Um, and I was like, oh, no wonder my dad, dad. always like rolled his eyes every right. time I was like screaming for it to be on the TV. Right. And uh, but then I can go back and watch. But to your point, um, Amanda, it wasn't sitcom, but I can go back and watch the old like Perry Masons mm-hmm. or like I can watch like the crime procedurals a little bit like those mm-hmm. have dated pretty well um, where they, they were just kind of down the middle on a lot of stuff. And yeah. uh, and so I can watch uh, I used to love watching those, you know, black and white reruns when I was a kid. Oh yeah, so, me too. That was great. But so, they're different yeah. each episode, yeah. so that kind of helps. But yeah. you know, the laugh track thing, like I get laugh tracks are weird, but I think having a live studio audience, I I appreciate that we grew up having that because if you watched Friends and you saw that scene where uh, Monica and Chandler are in bed together and she pops out from under the blanket and she's like, do you think you saw me? And the whole studio audience is like, <gasps> like, right. you don't, you don't get those moments on TV no. now because you don't have the element of surprise, like at home you do, but like, yeah. <coughs> I think the audience yeah. being there and having the same level of surprise that you have when something happens, like yeah. to me, that made it feel more special, but I, yeah, I thought that was one of the great things about the earlier episodes of, uh, of the Marvel series, WandaVision, the earlier ones where they actually mm-hmm. did film those first couple of episodes in front of a live audience. And they did it. Oh, I didn't know that they did. That's interesting. They actually did. 
I, I saw her behind the scenes and they were talking about it on there. And for those first couple, they did, they went age specific. So they were, because they were basing it around the 50s the, and then the 60s, right. the right. first and then the second episode, they did it age equivalent. So they recorded it that way as well in front of a live audience mm. as well to mm. get that natural. And they used the, the effects then as well. So they had, they did have like, string pulling things up and you know to do the magic tricks and whatever so they use the same everything for it and i thought that was fascinating how they actually did that time specific to exactly copy those times paying tributes paying tribute to that era absolutely do you think that um technology dates things as well like uh, the phones on wall street and that sort of thing I actually, I just recorded for another show, uh, Collateral Cinema and I, we did the first Scream movie. And I said, Uh, it's hilarious nowadays that you watch the first Scream movie and Billy becomes a suspect right away because, oh, he has a cell phone. phone. (laughs) That's just crazy nowadays. Like, it's weird that this character Mm -hmm. had a cell phone. And it's a movie that came out in my, like, I mean, I'm age appropriate for that movie. I was a teenager when Scream came out. I didn't have a cell phone. I remember it. But even now it's like, boy, that's literally why we always joke the little kids think we're dinosaurs because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, even I can't remember not having a cell phone. But you look at some films now, and if if they remade some of the films now, like Home Alone, always go, oh, I'll just use a cell phone. Yeah. Hello? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've left your yeah. time. We'll come back and fetch it's you. Just okay. <laughs> exactly. All these films would be so different now if they had a cell if they had mobile phones back then mm-hmm. and added them oh, to the films. Yeah, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre have, would be yeah. totally different, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's just technology. Constantly... Um, so I say I don't think it's just technology, but it's like um, societal or like pop culture references. Like you know, going back to Friends, watching Friends back. My neighbor's daughter a few years ago, when she was sixteen, this is like four years ago. She's like, I'm going to watch Friends. It was on Netflix, and I kept watching it, going, "He's got a pager. She's not going to know what that means." And like they made some joke about Marcel Marceau. She's not going to know what that means. And like mm. all these different references, but. Honestly, she still loved it, even though yeah. she didn't get all the jokes. But it is hard sometimes with with pop culture stuff that people are too young to know about. And it's like, what? Why is that funny? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. But if is. you look at like films like in like an animated film or whatnot, there's the stuff in there for the kids. And then there's stuff in there for right. you know, the adults right. that, yeah, that those kids won't you know pick up on, you know, until maybe later on and when they're showing their kids that film. Yeah. And for me, the technology, it's a little nostalgic, honestly. Like I enjoy it. Like I was just watching uh, the Harrison Ford movie, Clear and Present Danger a couple of weeks ago, and which is just a great, yeah, like a great Tom Clancy movie. And, uh, and what was so funny was, you know, he's like, they're printing off documents and it's like these long, like, matrix printer and like the screens are just like you know black with blue letters and or green letters and i'm like this is like right. this is like high school for me all over again <laughs> that's so, like windows 2 was, right. yeah, i was it was just like oh right that's how we used to do things right. and you know, uh yeah hey it's the boys from saw spoken and we are so glad that you are listening to our new friend marv and his podcast pods like us Yeah, we were recently on the show for a couple of episodes and we really enjoyed it. And if you'd like to catch a little bit more of us with all the raunchiness and sauce-based humor that you're used to, feel free to check us out on our show. But in the meantime, keep enjoying Pods Like Us with Marv. We enjoyed talking with Marv as much as we hope you enjoy listening to him. Now back to the show.
and it works the other way around too is because i am a classic doctor who fan i am tom mm. baker fourth doctor through and through um and you know you, you watch those special features then and just how little much how little money they had uh, you know to put in their special features and then you watch this new run and everything is computer animated or generator or whatever and it you know for me it, it just doesn't have that same creative feel um mm. as as those original um you know that original run had just because maybe technology wasn't better but it was at least maybe a little bit more creative yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the same way with Star Trek, which are, I, my favorite Star Trek is the original series because of the mm, creativity right. that they had right. in that, mm-hmm. that I think made the episodes more interesting in a right. way because they had right. that such a small and, now, and right, such now, little effects right. to use. And then if you get this and then you can go back and watch mm-hmm. it with, you know, updated special, you know, um, uh, computer animated or yeah. com- computer generated scenes, you know. So. Well, that's something I've talked about on my podcast, like, ad nauseum like i've talked about this so many times that i love technology i love the stuff they can do with it i think it makes stuff really cool but i appreciate like nightmare on elm street when johnny's depth's character gets killed mm-hmm. and all that blood comes out from the bed right okay now they do that with a computer can you imagine right. the creativity and imagination and like ingenuity right. it took to create right. that Right. Like yeah. people don't get it because you you didn't have you don't have to do that now. You know, to, I like it better. Yeah. I mean, Rob, you yeah, you mentioned uh, Jurassic Park earlier. And I think that's a great example of a movie that used a lot of practical effects, actually. Like the T-Rex was a real physical thing that they built. And and it and it still holds up so well when you rewatch it um in a way that you know, something like the original Ghostbusters when they had their like ridiculous animate, like the green ecto that, you know, shoots up out of the, I love it, but it looks so bad. And it's just, but, but I mean, that's an example of where using that. It's also 1984. Yeah. Doesn't that add to the fact that it's a comedy as well? Yeah, it does. You know, but you're right with Jurassic Park, it works brilliantly because it's a great use of, animatronics so you know practical but with the occasional bit of cgi that's cutting edge at the time where Mm -hmm. it works back then but perhaps cgi now is too much of a thing but then what tom said about star trek that brings another thing that's bugs the hell out of me the star wars thing with 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 the alterations that that were made to that and oh. then Spielberg did it with E.T. E.T., yeah. You know, yeah. and people doing that, and it, it can get irritating. Um, or, or perhaps that's just me being, we're, being we're an old big, curmudgeon. Um, Ray Harryhausen fans, aren't we? Mm. Yes. And we think yeah, that, uh, like Amanda was saying, I think sometimes when you have too many special effects, it, you lose the magic. And we like mm. we like the um, the Sinbad and um, Clash of the Titans because oh, the class. animation is so... <laughs> It's so simple and almost yeah. not naive. Just want to grab it and watch it now. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, there's something about that those special effects of Harryhausen, though, with the right. stop motion, where it makes it even creepier because of the way that the move, the movement of the right. of the stop motion, and, and that makes it, it not more just that the the makeup as well. Yeah. Um, I think is just a lot more creative than what they had to do. I mean, now you just put all these dots on their faces, and then they go mm. and they do I mean, it. They, they uh, Classics you know, to us. Computer. They're classics right. to us, aren't they? Yeah. I feel like creativity is gone. 
Not really. It's just a different kind. I just just want to say, I I apologize. I'm running up against my time where I'm going to have to drop out here for my other show. So I just want to say thanks for the conversation to this point. Sorry, I have to bail on everybody. Thank you, Rob. I'll give you a chance for another show sometime. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Take care, Rob. Nice meeting you. Thanks, Rob. So... Well, I'm so, yeah. having a good, good time. Yeah. yeah. I know we're, we're talking a lot, but yeah, it's good. It's I interesting like some, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I like it. some of your other questions that you had too here. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you what, want to go with. Yeah. So, what, what, actually, Matthew's an interesting one here with his, with his brother Nathaniel. <laughs> are, there, are, there, are there any, you know, class, classic films that you think of that you've introduced Nathaniel to? Where How old is he? It's, it's worked in some ways and it's yeah. not in other ways. So there's a slight, my, there's a difference in age between the two of you. Yeah. So my brother's 16 years younger than me. So he's about to be 25 oh. in December. Okay. And I'll be honest, I'm going to call my dad out right now. I don't know what my dad was doing raising this kid uh, because <laughs> like all the films that he introduced to me and like right. made me watch. Uh, and I'm just like, Nathaniel, you know, this movie, right? He's like, no, dad never watched that with me. And I'm like, what are you, what's going on? Uh, so I had, I had to do a lot of, uh, kind of like, all right, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. Um, I think some of the, uh, you know, like the eighties comedies, uh, mm-hmm. started to kind of work like the stripes and mm-hmm. some of the Bill Murray stuff yes. from, from that at that time, uh, was just really funny that he, it, because again, I think when you're introducing younger people, those are pretty short movies. They're mm-hmm. they're not good it, point. There's not a lot of fat on them. Right. They they move fast. They're kind of ridiculous, almost sublime in some ways. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just think and and they also have you know somebody like Bill Murray has become kind of a cultural icon. Mm-hmm. And yes. he's still relevant today, thanks to Wes Anderson and, and Sofia Coppola. Right. And so he's still relevant. So he's someone that younger people still go, oh, I know who that guy is. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I never knew he was in a movie back, you know, right. 40 years ago. I'll check that out. So I think, uh, you know, if you can find films that still have some strand of connection to what's going right. on today in pop culture, that's a great entry point for young people. Yep. There's actually, I'm not sure whether this is real or just, you know, there's a rumor going around. Uh, so Bill Murray is uh, supposedly being spotted on the set of the next Ant-Man film. And the rumor, really? is, the rumor is that he's playing as a cameo, the same character that he played in Groundhog Day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, as a cameo. Bill, that would be amazing. That was crazy. You know, yeah, and you think about, you know, what's popular today that you could introduce to the millennials and yeah. you know the generation after that i mean you you think of you know okay superhero movies okay what was big you know now yeah. when i was a kid you know you're looking at superman superman 2 yeah. you go to batman and you know from 89 mm. you know you look at those type of movies that yeah they're not you know that long either you know maybe under two hour mark but it would it would keep their their pique their interest and and maybe you know go down that path okay and then and and watch those films but uh, but yeah i mean i think comedies too are, are 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 something that maybe and then plus the horror genre i think is yeah. has been yeah. since the 70s really i think has really just become a phenomenon you know on its own i mean yeah i know there's those, those classic horror films from the 30s and and 40s and whatnot and the hammer films from the 70s but you don't see those being talked 
talked about as much these days right. anymore since we've since we've yeah. had you know Halloween and Nightmare and and Friday the Thirteenth films. You know, and those films, you know, our you know buck twenty, a buck thirty. You know, you're, you're you right. know, and in your you know, it's got some you know some intense scenes in them, and yeah, and maybe that that will spawn you know the next generation to check out those films as well because obviously they're still making those films right i mean i think it depends a lot on like kind of cultural context or like pop culture because i know so i saw halloween when i was five years old i saw Mm -hmm. nightmare on the street when i was six years old my mom was a teen mom when she had me and she had no F's to give about anything. So I saw everything. So I grew up on horror because she loved it. And then I was scared, but I also loved it. So when I realized my daughter kind of like, I didn't show her those movies when she was little, but as she grew up, she kind of had a, you know, she kind of gravitated towards like five nights at Freddy's and nightmare or not nightmare for Christmas. Like she just always liked the dark stuff. So I showed her Halloween. I think maybe she was 11, maybe 12. And she was like, this movie is so boring. And I was like, you just broke my heart. But then a couple of years later, especially as like the Rob Zombie movies got a little more pop. Well, this is after that. But I think it comes with like age and like pop culture. She got into it. And then she was like, oh, my God, this movie is amazing. So I think you have like the new movies are kind of bringing kids in to like the newer stuff. But I think too, but there's still a lot of older, especially the Christmas movies. I think, you know, going back to Christmas story, it's a wonderful life, miracle on 34th street and even home alone. Like I grew up home alone. We watched it every Thanksgiving night because it was on TV. It was on NBC or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's a newer movie, but it's still like, okay, well now I do that with my daughter and like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown Christmas, like we watch it every single year. Um, as long as they, yeah, I mean, as long as people continue to watch those and they get ratings, they'll continue yeah. to 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 show them. But yeah, but but Die Hard Christmas movie, yes or no? Absolutely. Uh, it's not Christmas till Hans Gruber falls off Nakatomi. <laughs> but, but then an argument could be made that virtually every film by Shane Black is a Christmas film. Mm. Uh, because yeah. they're all based at Christmas. Christmas. Like, you you want to say, don't you? Lethal Weapon. There's a film on. Oh, true. true. That's true. Yeah. I think eighty percent. I would of, call Lethal Weapon a Christmas films movie. Have Christmas in there. Yeah. 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 I Me, mean, it depends. But yeah. so I also had just like movies that I think maybe millennials would like, but I don't. I don't have anything to base this off of other than just what I think are good movies. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Christmas ones. I think Psycho. Mm. The Godfather. Actually, I say The Godfather Part Two because I think it's better than the original, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, There's an argument to be made for that. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, I think there is. I think yeah, it depends on. Sure. I think it depends on what mood you're in for The Godfathers because they are both. True. It's difficult because you're you're basically comparing two five star films to each other True. <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. It is. It's I think I. I personally like watching Michael's journey and then also his dad's journey right. as younger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I appreciate Michael's journey more than I do the first movie, mm. even though they're both yeah. good. I, I, I like, I, I mean, I will admit I prefer the second one of the two. I, I, I love, I love Me both too. films one and two, right. but number yeah. two, I like the, it's, it's almost like, uh, 
it's almost Shakespearean in a way where you've got mm-hmm. the yeah. father, the father's journey and the right. son's journey, son's journey. Right. in parallel. So you see a yeah. bit of the son's journey, a bit of the father's journey when he's younger and the same age. And right. I think there's a nice, almost po- poeticness to to the fact that yeah. where they're both sort of equal each other through the film. Yeah, right. you see a lot of similarities. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like when I'm watching The Godfather, I think this is the best film. When I'm watching The Godfather Part Two, I think this is the best, <laughs> better film. You know, I, I'm just I I can't just come out and say which one I think is better. It's just so tough. You know, because yeah. I love Al Pacino is hotter in two. That's why it's. Yeah, I was just going to say it's interesting because those are two. I, Listen, as an Italian American, I love both of those two movies. Uh, it's they're fantastic, um, but they're also long. And yeah. and yeah. and I feel like Godfather, the first one, I you know it starts off with such a bang with the wedding scene and Luca Brazzi mm-hmm. and and, right. and all of this stuff, and you get introduced to this whole family and Sonny and everything, mm-hmm. and and kind of then once he goes over to Sicily, then things kind of start to go, it's slow down mm-hmm. a little bit and he meets Apollonia and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. And, and, you know, and so I could see like the first hour really attracting like a young person. And then like when things slow down, like I could have that heart wrenching moment of somebody like 20 years old next to yeah. me going, this is boring. Like, this I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, but, but once they're, but once they're in the restaurant and the tension starts with the whole, Ooh. with, with the, cop oh, yeah. and the turd, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and Al walks into the bathroom to get the gun. I mean, that yeah. I remember the Take first the gun, time. Leave the cannoli. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> that, that's a line. Too, but, yeah. but the, but the diner scene that for me is what, what really just grabs you and takes that film to the, to, mm-hmm. to the next level. I mean, yeah. the tension in there, I just remember, I remember the first time watching that and I was just like, you know, like that for, <laughs> yeah. for, for the, throughout the whole scene, because it was just so, just so tense and powerful. I think a lot yeah. of films have classic scenes as well. Yeah, that you that always stand out. So many, so many. Yeah, so well, many. The, yeah. yeah. the Godfather. I was going to carry on with because my, my mum actually watched, read the book, The Godfather. She read mm-hmm. the book, and she she said to me, she said that it's a rare moment where, in her opinion, the film is actually better than the book mm-hmm. because they've actually cropped out a fair amount of the book because the book is very hefty. Yeah. And, yeah, I have it. It's yeah. it's 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 pretty. Yeah, it's, she, she it's says about a third of the book is actually about the history of the mafia, mm. or something, or that, or goes really deep into it. And a lot of that, uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Mario Puzo, because they worked on it together. Yeah, doing mm-hmm. doing the doing the film, the script for it, they lopped a heck of a lot of that actually out of the film. But even right. out of both films. But even still, they've come out with so long, sizable right. films. Did anybody yes. watch uh, the Last Dawn, the, the miniseries? No, no, mm-hmm. I didn't. No, I have not. No. That was a Puzo uh, written a Puzo. series as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote the book for that as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that Godfather takes. Uh, I would say when I watched it when I was younger. Even The Godfather 2, I was like, eh, this is okay. But as I got older, I appreciated it more. I mean, the drama and the score and especially in part two, Michael's struggle like that just really resonated with me. I don't really know why, but it just did. So I think that (laughs) it's not like I grew up in a mafia family or anything, but (laughs) I think it's a struggle everybody has between who you're supposed to be and who you want to be. Interesting bit of trivia. Mario Puzo wrote the script for Superman. Yeah. yeah. Huh. 
True. For the first yeah. Superman film with Christopher Reeve. Yep. And you know, Amanda, you brought up a, a, something interesting too about you know us as kids and what we were able to watch. I could, you know, my dad would take me to a video store, you know, mm-hmm. and VHS store or whatever, and he yeah, would let me. He would, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, these were the more independent, but but he would let me come out with like uh, you know the Terminator and mm-hmm. you know and the Die Hard, and I'm you know and I'm still like you know very young teen, and you know, and I'm getting to watch these films. I remember, you know, I was when we had HBO. He would let me watch mm-hmm. the the Conans and you know these these r-rated violent movies that i probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have been watching at the time and then now you know as you know you have a daughter right now you said right mm-hmm. i mean I, you're, i'm sure you're not letting her watch these films as young as probably you were no. watching them you know no. yeah <laughs> but yeah. michael myers has also haunted my dreams since i was a child right. so i didn't want to do that to her <laughs> yeah. i'm now See, imagining I, matthew yeah. i'm now imagining matthew forcing nathaniel to watch uh, the godfather as a six-year-old Listen, the kid barely could make it through the animated version of Pocahontas the first like six minutes. There was a, there was a, there was, I love making fun of him with this, but yeah, there's like a, there's a storm on the high seas and he always got too scared. And he's like, can we just fast forward through this? Uh, I was like, yes, we can go through this. So, but no, I mean, it's, it is funny about, you know, kids of a certain age, I think, and and kind of upbringing. My dad used to quote the film, uh, not the original Scarface, but the Al Pacino Scarface to me all the time when I was growing up. And he assumed from the age of like 10 that I knew what he was talking about. I am not, I mean, (laughs) it's one of the most violent movies you could possibly show a kid. I never saw it because of that, but he would always, whenever I got too big for my britches, he would always (laughs) use the line that F. Murray Abrams uses in the movie where he goes, oh, you want to be a big man? Hey, big, big Mm. man, big, like big bucks, hey, digame. And he would always say that to me. He's like, you want to be a big man? Make big bucks, Digame. And I just thought my dad was crazy because I had no point of reference for any of this. I had no idea what he was talking about. And then finally, I was like 16 or 17, and it was on HBO one night, and I watched Scarface. And I was like, oh, that's what you've been putting to me for the last six years. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just thought you watched it. And I was like, when? Like when I was 10? Like you're insane. When would I watch Scarface? <laughs> right. So, yeah. so not would, suitable for yeah. children. Right. Right. Under any circumstances. Would he, would, he, would he pass the pet dog to you and say, say hello to my little friend? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Greg at Bad Counsel. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to Pods Like Us with Marv. And down with monarchy. (laughs) Well, my husband and I speak fluently in movie quotes. And half the Mm. time, our daughter has no idea what we're talking about. So we're like, someday she'll get it. And we've tried to make her watch a lot of movies. And some she likes. And mostly she just resists. Because if we like it, that means it's stupid. Right. So, <laughs> of course. Someday. But then, but then I never thought that growing up. I didn't um, either. You know, because, you know, my, my parents were fans of these films. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watched them. I mean, except for The Sound of Music, which I hated. Um, uh, every, every, everything else that they, these people, you know, that they were introducing to me, I mean, I pretty much enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, there I've also wasn't as that. much. Yeah, there wasn't as much content when we were kids either. Like, you know, the, so a lot of the content was, especially if you were watching at home on cable or those like, you know, three stations, right. it was it's a whatever lot. Whatever was on. Yeah. Whatever and it was, was the stuff your parents liked. And 
So you just kind of <laughs> learn to like it. <laughs> the new HBO Saturday night movie was like, that's the tits. Let's watch yeah. it. We had three, we had three channels. So did, so did I. I mean, I was lucky though, but growing up in Michigan, I was able to uh, get all these Canadian stations as well. Oh, cool. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was able to, you know, uh, suck, you know, take all of that stuff in. And that's where I was able to be introduced to the Doctor Who show uh, was the, was from that, you know, yeah. more, more, so got, ris- more yeah. risky in Canada, you see. Oh, well, you know, you might get a boob every once in a while on one of those late night shows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a side one. Maybe a side <laughs> shot. Absolutely. Anybody else grow up watching Skinamax? Oh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. sure, yeah, oh, there's, yeah, yeah. We talk about you want to talk about classics. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> if so. I stay up past midnight, there might be some nudity. Exactly. You know, that's funny too. You mentioned that because you know I would sometimes sneak up because I'm a little probably a little older than you guys, but I would sneak up um, and turn the TV on when like you know my mom and dad they were in their bedroom, and then I would have the tv on and you know i'm always you know i have it on silent because you can't listen you can't hear it you don't mm. want to wake them because you know you want to you know as the preteen i'm you know looking for <laughs> naked women and all that stuff you know and then and then you would hear the door open and then you would act like you're falling you act like you're sleeping yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like american pie when she's like are you right. trying to watch illegal channels, channels? All, like, <laughs> and i've done that <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember actually with Tom mentioned Hammer films earlier on, yeah. and uh, me and my brothers used to wait till my mum used to go to bed, yeah. and then yeah. we'd we'd get up and we would watch the yeah. Hammer films at about eleven eleven right. o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother Richard would always go and hide behind the settee. Right. And when you know suddenly the fangs came out and Christopher Lee's like ah, ah like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it used to be the same with the Daleks in uh, right. Doctor, Doctor Who, Who and yeah. you know Tom Baker. Uh-huh. Yeah. I used Spider-Man. to have one of those. Yeah, I used to have the, one of those mini portable TV, black and white portable TVs. Uh-huh. You know that I have in my bed with me. And you know when the my, you know parents go to bed, you know you flip the channel because you knew where Benny Hill was going to be uh, playing. You know I could get get yeah. that. You know, and then you yeah. see you know half naked women. It's so silly when you look back at it now. You know? We would stay yeah. up and watch Tales from the Crypt on oh, HBO. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Because yeah. you get the horror, yeah. but you also get the cheesy get nudity cheesy. and the cheesy yeah, stories. It's like, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Uh, yeah. Oh, Twilight Zone. That's a classic. It is. Oh, yeah. Sure. The Twilight Zone. Well, and series. that's another Maybe one. Not so much the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's another one where, you know, Tom, to your point earlier, it is, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's kind of remaking those. Right. It doesn't detract from the originals, though. I mean, it's, no, it, you, no. know, you can think what yeah. you will. I think I, right. you know, I like some of those episodes more than others of the new one. But, you know, the old ones are still great and absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely still classics. Yeah. And, yeah. and those are also ones that I, I found I can revisit those as many times as I want because they are standalone kind of episodes in most cases. And so it's mm. really yeah. easy to rewatch, you know. Can you get absolutely. something called Tales of the Unexpected over there. No, this no. is like no. uh, moralistic they, they get it, they get it in, stories. They get it in Canada, but they don't get it in America. Moralistic stories with a twist, yeah. aren't they? Right. Mm. Most of them are written by Roald Dahl. Actually. Yes, they're. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, my favorites that 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 I've discovered from from the UK that you know ended up airing on um, Comedy Central over here would be um, um, Ab Fab and. Um, Oh, what's the other one I'm drawing? Oh, uh, 
Oh, uh, Faulty Towers. Yes, um, I was so, going to mention that if you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I love absolutely, I love absolutely fabulous. I love Faulty Towers. Those are two of my favorite, um, you know, comedic uh, shows from the UK. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I uh, love Faulty. <laughs> I, th- I thought Ma- Matthew might be a fan of Blackadder. No, no, I, I, I just my parents introduced me to Faulty Towers and John Cleese and and all the Monty Python guys uh, when I was John a kid, Cleese. and yeah. I just. Uh, yeah, I mean, when the old general thinks that the moose is speaking Spanish above the, like, I mean, I could, I speak English very well. I learned it from my book. You know, where'd you get that moose, Faulty? You know, <laughs> Canada. I didn't know they made things like that in Canada. You know, uh, it's just, that's a good the bit. Full body <laughs> is one of my favorite movies, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. British yeah. humor is my jam. Like, I, I feel like I need to live over there. I have a, I have a hmm. friend on Facebook. We met through a Stephen King group, so he's always trying to. Like he sends me all these comedians and he helps me with my British vernacular. And then I help him with American football. So we're always like <laughs> talking. He'll, he'll be like, okay, they're showing this game and this game, which one should I watch? And then I'll be like, tell me, tell me how to say this in, in British slang. <laughs> I, so the full Monty, I love that movie. So and uh, several years ago I was in Sheffield, uh, which is where the film takes place or where it was filmed. Yep. And I actually visited, this is so nerdy. I went to the job center in Sheffield where these, did where you, they all were kind of dance? unemployed. Did you dance? And, no, I didn't do the no. dance, uh, <laughs> but I didn't want to find out what the inside of a British jail was, but I, uh, but no, I, I have like a picture of me by the job center in uh, Sheffield, England. And I just, you're in the unemployment uh, line, not dancing. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just one you of the sad saps, you, but yeah. you don't want to visit a British job center. Yeah. Well, it was the outside. I was just, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Hey, but yeah, so no, cool. it, and it the um, you know it's interesting. Those British films started to, uh, you know, you had that, but then you also had the Guy Ritchie kind of yeah. influx yeah. that started to come yeah. with Lockstock and Lockstock. Snatch, and yeah, yeah right. and uh, and uh, that was Guy Ritchie. Okay, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, okay, the filmmaker Guy Ritchie you, to used to be married to Madonna, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But transplanting was. Damn it! I hate when I have a brain fart. I assume McGregor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh, uh, there's going to be a hundred people. Doyle, Doyle, Peter, Peter. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I'll guys. No, thousands of people are screaming at us right now. <laughs> they really are. I do that all the time when I listen to podcasts, even oh, when right. I listen to my Isn't own, and I realize I made a mistake. Slump, right. Slump millionaire. Isn't it that one? D- Danny, same, Danny, Danny Boyle. Boyle. Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Boyle. Thank oh, you. Okay. Yep. okay. Yeah. yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. That movie's fantastic. Mm. So, did back, you guys go on? Amanda. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, Matthew, um, Faulty Towers did the. Um, uh, Simpsons introduction before the Simpsons did, didn't they? You know, with the blackboard, yeah. but with 40 yeah. Towers, it, it, it said a different name on the sign every time for 40 Towers where they changed the letters around. And, and letters I, around. I, I think that's the the part I love most about going back and watching older things because you realize how many modern shows pay homage to mm-hmm. those older things. And I, again, you want to talk about how you get millennials into that stuff. Tom, I think your point about the, uh, you know, the Superman's of the seventies, the Christopher Reeve stuff, like that's a great entry, but it's like showing them like, okay, you really love this movie. Well, this director is paying homage to this right. movie that he loved 
And, and, and so let's go back and watch that and let's, you know, keep kind of, you know, peeling back the onion and and because that person was influenced by somebody else and you just kind of keep going back. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, that's one of the things I'm excited about with people like Bung Joon-ho and, and, uh, you know, even people like, you know, but even people like Tarantino and Scorsese who just are talk Mm -hmm. so much about their movies and their influences that when those movies get really big, it all of a sudden opens the door up to other films that people hadn't heard of before or didn't have much knowledge right. of. But, but so. there with there with Tarantino and with Scorsese as well, to a degree, they both acknowledge that they are paying tribute in some mm-hmm. some cases, Absolutely. in some of the shots yeah. that they do right. to filmmakers of, of old. I mean, I remember Brian, amazing. Brian De Palma yeah. would, would say that he very mm-hmm. often used to you know, uh, not imitate, but used to pay tribute to pay tribute shoot to, things to Hitchcock, to Hitchcock a lot. Yeah. Same yeah. with John Carpenter. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And I love that a lot of TV shows. I mean, if you watch a lot of like more current TV shows, they're even the office, but even more current, like Brooklyn nine, nine, or like, um, even like Tacoma FD or like even modern family, like all these different sitcoms, they're all trying to throw in these little like Easter eggs for people our age to like pay homage right. to something, but also then that makes it available for you to introduce to your kids when they're like, well, what's that joke about? Right. You know, uh, as we see the don't mess with the bull, you get the horns. Oh, well, let me introduce you to the breakfast club. <laughs> breakfast club. Like, <laughs> I, I know you do. You yeah. don't like the breakfast club, but is it actually, I mean, uh, the the series that for you in America is on Hulu and for us in the UK it's on Disney Plus. Only murders in the building. I Te- love te- it. Technically, Tina Fey is doing a variation of a character that she used to do on is it Saturday Night Live? Hmm. I think. Who was Tina Fey's not on that show? Is she? Is it Tina Fey? Oh, I'm thinking of. Uh, Isn't she an agent? Uh, oh, I've only watched three episodes, but what's the show called? Only, uh, murders, only murders building? in the building. Yeah, Selena Gomez. Selena and... Gomez, Steve Martin, Martin Short. Oh, Martin Short. Okay. Is it? Is, it... is that what you're talking about? Oh, is that the? That's the Hulu show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think. Right. I think yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I, I think it's, it's I think so Tina, good. I think Tina Fey does appear later on as an. She another. might. Yeah. She she appears and... as a podcaster herself <laughs> who does a... that's their whole thing the whole show yeah. revolves around yeah. they all listen to the same podcast but, and they decide yeah. to start their own podcast about a murder that happened in their building but mm. she's a top celebrity podcaster you see that's gotcha. paid millions you see so yeah. i think i think it's a variation of characters that she's done before nice mm-hmm. and selena gomez does a good job right no we don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does a good job of holding her own with those two superstars. I was impressed because cool. Selena Gomez isn't that, you know, but no. she she's really good. She's really good in that. Yeah. 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 It cool. gets better, by the way. <laughs> I'm excited. It's so good. There's an, an appearance by Sting as well. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh. Which is really so funny. it's not a film then. I thought it was a film. It's a no, it's a show. No, it's a show. Oh. Okay. Yeah. About half an hour yeah. each, aren't they? Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. Good. Just, Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait for Sting when he does it. When he does it. When he does his song, it's brilliant. He does, does a song. He does, <laughs> does he do some tantra? Because that's what I want to see. I didn't murder Tim, <laughs> Tim Kono. Oh no. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. I didn't murder Tim Kono. Oh no. That's what else did you have, Amanda, for, for choices for millennials besides yes. uh um uh, well I was actually ready to move on to the next one, but I basically like the ones I said, I think, and then like Breakfast at Tiffany's, maybe 
My mm. Fair Lady. I I think they take a certain kind of appreciation, but I think I I think mm-hmm. that you could get like girls of a certain age to like those. Right. Um, totally. And then yeah. I, I mean Halloween, and I, I think it's making a big comeback where I think you can get people to. I think we're circling back around to the appreciation for the simple, which mm. I think is Halloween is all about simplicity, which right. is. Uh, you guys, it's my number one favorite movie of all time, full disclosure. Fair. So, yeah. it, and it's just, it's brilliant and genius and I love it. And I think that everybody's all about technology, but I think maybe not millennials, but definitely Gen Z is very much about simplicity and, you know, let's make stuff less complicated. Let's make stuff more organic and more, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I get where you're going. Like it, more quality, yeah. but less quantity. Okay. I, th- I think no. a lot of younger people can uh, like a film like uh, Jaws, which I think is, yeah. to me, yeah. is, a, is a classic film. Jaws yeah. is a classic Definitely. film to me. Fantastic film. But to a lot of younger people, I don't think that they can get past the, the shark effect. But yeah, like, but the brilliant thing about that is that the shark is... I, doesn't appear all that often it's the, right. it's the fear yeah, of the you'll shark to like 40 minutes into the movie and <laughs> and, that, and it worked out beautifully the way it, i mean because they couldn't ever get the shark to work and so they right. <laughs> had to keep cutting scenes and <laughs> it ended up becoming the best thing that ever happened to that movie because yeah, it was yeah, all psychological yeah. you have that hand that anticipation throughout the film yeah. where, where mm-hmm. it's like the shark is a part of the film but it's not mm-hmm. right. Right. It, it's it's the perfect you know but by accident, it's the perfect Hitchcockian trick. But it's the build-up. By accident, because they couldn't get the shark to work. Right. right. And it's, as, it's also, you talk about, like, things that get called back in future. Like, we're going to need a bigger boat. Like, yeah. that's something that all gets called back in pop culture all the time. And you can there just... There you go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love it. So, I think yeah. if younger people saw a film like The Meg, they'd think that Jaws was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Well, <laughs> I really do think that's the difference. And I only say this because I have employees that work for me that I think millennials, like if I were to show a millennial, like let's say a 28 to 32 year old Halloween, they're gonna be like, oh, this is like meh, 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 because they're expecting movies like Saw and the new Texas Chainsaw. It's like they're expecting graphic stuff. But if you go to like you know, a Gen Zer who's a little bit younger, and I feel like they're being raised to be more, you know, like I said, as my husband would call it, tree huggery, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't agree with, but whatever. I think they can have an appreciation for the more simpler things because they're trying not to fall into the trap that people older than them are, where you know they're in debt or they're struggling or whatever. Not. And I know that's different from movie watching, but I still think it all goes back to simplicity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was my psychoanalysis for the evening. Thank you. And sorry, it's getting dark over here. So my face is getting all gothic. (laughs) That's okay. I'll do that as a screen grab to put on the shows. (laughs) This is Dave of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us. With Marv. So, did everybody have favorite and standout movies? 
It's tough. I mean, there's so many. I think we could go. This podcast could be another three hours. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, through the generation. Yeah, I mean, through, I mean, when I first started seriously watching films and probably I would say 93, um, it was where I would, okay, Robert De Niro is my favorite actor of all time and he always will be. So I'm watching his films and then I'm, you know, then I'm seeing these other actors that I'm really starting to like. So then it's just, it just turns out to be this, this big tree to where you're just learning all these other films. And then you just end up seeing so many films. That okay, so it's, just quick know, fire, five minutes. Quick fire, fire, Raging Bull, Clockwork Orange, Star Wars, Godfather, Seven Samurai. Seven Ooh. Samurai, yes. Wow. Uh, seven for me. I'll go All the President's Men, uh, which tells you a lot about me. Uh, Godfather 2, Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction. Mm. And then I'm going to go uh, with a really random choice, which is Robin and the Seven Hoods, which is oh, a very wow. old Ooh. Rat Pack movie. Rat which Pack I have yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Louise. Well, I went old, old school. Oh, I'm sorry, Louise, you go. No, you're okay, okay. I'll, I'll think while you're saying. Okay. Well, I went older school on mine, but I, um, Psycho, yeah, uh, Dracula, Roman Holiday, mm-hmm. Miracle on 34th Street, and Halloween. Oh, which version of Miracle on 34th Street? The original. The original. The 1940s. Nat- Natalie Wood. The- Going yeah, to, the going to that again. Version. What do yes. you think of what do you think of the remake? It's average. Hmm. You know, if they made the remade that now, the children would be sending their letters to Santa by email, wouldn't they? <laughs> right. Probably. Actually, they'd probably be tweeting him or something yeah. like that. Or they wouldn't even be like yeah. anymore. Where's my present? <laughs> yeah, they were going around the shop with TikTok and showing him what they want. Want that? Want that? Want that? They'd be scanning that. it, scanning <laughs> it to go around. Yeah. I'm also <laughs> super obsessed with Natalie Wood and her whole demise. So you know, but that that's, movie that's is one of my favorite. It really is. There's a really good podcast about it too. I like um, um, old films like you know Blood Spirit, Brief Encounter. Oh, there's good. so many so some films. great Nollywood performances and, out there. Yeah. I like um, I quite like the old Titanic films, and there's mm-hmm. actually some young people around that think that don't realize the Titanic actually happened. They think it was made up, right? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Barbara Stanwyck Titanic. That's a good film. Um, Stanwick is 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 one of my favorites from from that era. I, I just love God, some of the films so beautiful. that that, yeah. that she's done. Whether it's like Destry, no, no, I'm sorry, not um, oh, now I just drop <laughs> uh, double in- double indemnity. Yeah, you know, just, just so many great uh, uh, the things that she's done. But go ahead, what were you saying? She did what? She 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 was in a really good version of Titanic. Was it? Yeah, film yeah. about the Titanic, it wasn't, wasn't she? Remember, was it with Kenneth yeah. Moore? That was cool. That's a good film. Also, yeah, anything Hitchcock yeah. put it on my oh, list. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I was going to say uh, North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, North by Northwest. Um, crikey. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Crikey. <laughs> what, what, once Upon a Time in the West. I think that's a brilliant film. Oh. Um, I'd probably say The Godfather as well. Mm-hmm. And. I've already said Jaws. Yeah. But I think the best James Bond film is the God is Goldfinger. Okay. No arguments. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 
Because yeah. every Bond film after that is based on the blueprint that that film made. There's, there's... I like You Only Live Once. You Only Live Twice is a good film. Or twice, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. I was like, right. YOLO. You Only Live Twice. Does Thank everybody you. have a favorite decade for film? The 80s. Yes, I like the 80s. Easily. Like the 80s. Can I say 55 to 65? Yeah, I guess that's a ten-year span, right? I'm, yeah. A seven, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a seventies freak myself. Yeah, yeah. I'll show my age. I'll say the nineties, just because I love independent film so much and the rise yeah. of that in the nineties. Oh God, just, so many like, good ones. All, all of the like before sunrise, before uh, before sunset, like the link letter stuff is just mm-hmm. fantastic, and yeah, yeah I right. just love it. So, but I'm a huge fan of of Hitchcock. And the fifty-five to sixty-five mm-hmm. that 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 encompasses my favorite era of his films. Even though I do like the thirty-nine steps and films from back then as well. And oh, Rear, yeah. Rear Window is an incredible yeah. film. God, Rear Window is amazing. It's on my list too. And, yeah, and they, uh, that's a, that's one that they've tried to remake a few times. And it just they are like they yeah. take a very they take the theme of it basically and try to kind of jazz it up a little bit. Right. Like, Johnny oh. Depp one was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, but I mean, because the premise is so good that it's going to be okay. Yeah. But uh, but I also would say there's a genre. I would love to go back because we're starting to see a little bit of a revival of it in the United States right now with musicals, with Hamilton in the Heights and uh, you know Spielberg doing West Side uh, Story. But I'd love to go back to like those 1950s Gene Kelly musicals oh, like i just love oh, those yeah. singing in the rain and american uh american paris. paris and brigadoon and like those i just i could watch i those would love all to day. see a new so. white christmas and south pacific like those Ooh. would be my two that yeah. i would just love to see singing yeah. in the rain is actually my favorite film of all time it's incredible great songs it's yeah. as funny as hell and <laughs> uh <laughs> great Great acting from all of them. And, you know, you've got all sorts of emotion there in the film. And it's also caught. It's great because it's actually a film about the past because it's about the, the transition from silent films to to talkies. You know, so in a sense, it was a 1950s version of what Tarantino did with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. Looking back at a period 30, 40 years before. Yeah. Have you got a favorite yeah. uh, horse film, Matthew? Oh, horse film. Uh, it's funny. I talked to Marv about this the other day. Uh, <laughs> Let It Ride is a, is a 1989 movie with Richard Dreyfuss. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is all about, it's not really about horses as much as about gambling. Uh, so, uh, But he plays this kind of down on his luck character who hits one race and then he just puts all the money on the next race and he wins that and he keeps putting money he keeps putting all of his winnings on the next race, the next race, the next race. And he's doing this as like his life was falling apart around him. And it's kind of a 24 hours in the life of type of movie, but it's all set at the racetrack and it's all kind of the, the backdrop of it is racing. And um, so, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, Secretariat's a fun movie. I mean, it's a Disney movie. It's a, it's a, right. you know, it's a perfectly good movie. Uh, you know, it gets me to, you know, tear up at the end every time, but, um, but yeah, let Rock it ride. Stallion. is one of those. Yeah, when I was a kid, I loved it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just uh, let about, it rise. Um, what about Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken? 
I can't say that's one of my tops. I can't. Oh, it's one I of mine. Say... I love that movie. What about Champion the Wonder Horse? No one's jumping horses off a diving board anymore. Everybody loves Ricky. <laughs> Have you heard of a, an English horse? Isn't well, it's not alive now, but uh, called Desert Orchid. Yes, I have heard of Desert actually, Orchid. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually met met it. Oh, really? Um, there, there's um in a place called Lincolnshire, not not far mm-hmm. from here. There's a like a, a sanctuary for horses where they take in injured horses mm-hmm. and they rehabilitate them and look after them, and they have open days and things. And it was actually there, yeah. mm-hmm. and you could meet him, and he was. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. It it was. It's like he knew people were there to see him. Yeah. And yeah. He he was so patient when people were going up to him, and, and it was it was ever so nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. That's why I love horse racing. I mean, I I you know I joke about the gambling, but I love horse racing because I love horses, and uh, that's why I love it. And, and, and yeah. Oh. Love horse racing, even though you love horses. I, I know it's a bizarre seeming contradiction. Uh, you know, okay. I, I've, I've gotten I'm to know a lot. You. No, no, no. I've gotten <laughs> to know, I've gotten to know a lot of people in the industry and, and, the, you know, for good or for bad, 95% of the people absolutely mm-hmm. want what's best for the horses. And it's just, unfortunately that 5% that make a lot of headlines and that, that, right. that do abuse and, and that's no good. And, um, and so, you know, you just try to do your best to clean the sport up and, right. uh, you know, do what's right by them. We actually oh. live near a race course as well. Oh, oh all right. Yeah. Since you love horses so much, I won't mention the one of the special features that are on the uh, Criterion DVD or Criterion Blu-ray release of Eyes Without a Face. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. G'day, g'day. This is Matty C from the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast, way down in Australia, and we love getting to listen to Marv meet new podcasters from all over the world. Here on the Pods Like Us podcast. Oh, so also, that, yeah. that just reminded me another iconic thing that people say, leaving a horse's head on someone's bed. Yeah, like, right. Everybody yeah. knows yeah. what that yeah. is, or even right. yeah. it's from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Made him an offer he yeah. can't refuse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, make make made an offer they can't refuse. That's another one. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like all these classic films have a hook to them, like like that. That's a line that people will grab right. onto. Yeah. Yeah. I keep Louise, did you name Seabiscuit. your five movies? Uh, I, I don't know if I can think of five, but I like um, <laughs> about 55. Man. Um, We've <laughs> named about 20. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like Jaws, Brief Encounter. Um, Brief Encounter. Yeah, H- Hitchcock films. Uh, yes. Life Spirit, which they remade, haven't they, hmm. recently? Hmm. Um, Go on, I'm trying to remember what your... Oh. Your favorite Just say Hitchcock, Halloween. Your favorite Hitchcock <laughs> film is that one with the um, with the the iconic shot, isn't it? Oh, Vertigo. Vertigo. That's Louisa's favorite Hitchcock film. Is Vertigo. I got to see a restoration uh, presentation of that uh, back in I think I want to say it was the late nineties. Um, they showed it in some theaters and ah, uh, fell in love with that film. First time I saw that film was in the theater uh, there in the late nineties. So oh, yeah. It, it is wonderful film, and she looked. I got to participate in, well. in a. I, I did a recreation of the falling scene at Disneyland. Oh, really? oh. <laughs> Slow motion, and, and they the, had yeah. this thing where, like, you would go in and they would show you how they do special effects or whatever in the movies. So mm. they they asked for volunteers, and I'm like, me, me, me. I'm like 14. 
So yes. they put me in like an office chair and they have me lean all the way back and they strap me in and they're yeah. like, when we tell you go, just start flailing your arms and kicking your legs. So I'm like, okay. So I do it. And then they show it and it looks like I'm falling off a building, like the guy in Vertigo. They're my favorite bits from the film Hugo. By Michael, by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. You know when, yeah. you know when he looks yeah. at the the old films and how how the films of um, what's the name of the filmmaker? Can't remember his name, but they, they go into how his films made like uh, La, La Danse de la Lune and films like that. You know, with all those old fashioned nineteen eighteen or late eighteen hundreds special effects, and they'd say so. You'd see it. And it was great because you'd see them there doing the acting. And then as the camera panned round, in, in, you know, in the real camera, not, not the one that's used on the pretend film set for the film, <laughs> the camera would pan round and you'd see that the filming through a fish tank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you'd think, wow, that's how they did it. And they're see, the bits that I liked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're the bits that I liked in the film Hugo. It was incredible how they re- reenacted how those shots were filmed back then, mm-hmm. which shows Scorsese to be a amazing, an amazing a master, master yeah. of the knowledge of film. You were going to touch on you yeah. on the classic directors, weren't you? Yeah, as I say, that could send us yeah. into the next topic. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll, I would say that Scorsese is a modern classic director. Absolutely, I, would, I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same as Spielberg. Right. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, we've mentioned how many of his movies in this right. you know, mm-hmm. all this time we were we were, we were talking, and his films will definitely uh, transcend time, and and a lot of them are, I think, classics in in every sense of those films from the forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies. I think they're 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 all you know a lot of them are classics. Um, uh, Capra uh, is is yep. I think is a, is a classic. Yep. Um, Billy Wilder um, is a is a classic. Um, Kubrick. I think we I don't think you can yeah. deny um that. Um yeah. and then you know there's a couple modern day ones. I mean, I you gotta give credit to Tarantino what he's been able to accomplish um yeah. over these last uh since since Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. And I you know, and I and I I know he's this my next guy is probably wouldn't put on that level, but I think the movies that he makes are are amazing, and that's Paul Thomas Anderson, but I don't yeah. think you can really consider his films classics but i just wanted to give him a mention anyways (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna be he's he's gonna get recognized though as being that next great because he is i mean licorice pizza looks to be a great you know i can't Mm -hmm. wait for that to come out so magnolia um, is a work of genius oh magnolia i marvel at magnolia just you know I love and, Magnolia. And and, and, and um, he got a great, great perform. He got a great performance out of Adam yeah. Sandler as well. But yeah, hey, listen, that's, that's, yeah. that's my favorite. The only one I can really watch. I can't watch those early Adam Sandler movies. I really yeah. can't. Yeah. Oh, Amanda's I can, but <laughs> yeah, Amanda's, Amanda's in darkness, in darkness now. now. I know. I'm sorry. It's the, yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, how can it's I light right myself for the month. up? I can't. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had so I had all those same people. Um, I had, but also I had um. Capra was on my list, obviously, Kubrick, mm-hmm. Hitchcock, Roman yep. Polanski, and then a little more modern, Wes Craven and John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. their contribution to horror is the reason we have modern horror. Like, right. you know, yeah. Wes Craven, Last House on the Left, and 
Nightmare on Elm Street, and then even with the Scream series, and obviously John Carpenter, Halloween, Christine, right. The Thing. Like, yeah. I, I've like talked Lost about this. Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked about this on my show that you don't have, especially without John Carpenter, if you don't have Halloween, you mm. don't have Freddy Krueger, you don't have no. Jason, you don't have Ghostface. You, Leatherface, yes, because it came up before, but even then, he it, Leatherface wasn't a household name right. until John Carpenter made Halloween yeah. and everybody banked off that. So yeah. well, this, they're this a little is, more modern, yeah. but they're relevant. Hey, this is Jack from Bad Counsel. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to my man Marv and Pods Like Us. There's a thing, though, you know, touching on that with John Carpenter, and I feel the same with people like uh, Hitchcock. You know how people will say mm-hmm. they have a specific style about them, the, mm-hmm. the directors? Mm-hmm. And I'll think, <clears throat> well, I'm not sure, because he, in both of their cases, you've got films that are outliers, such as with Hitchcock, you've got the incredible film Rope, which mm-hmm. is basically, mm-hmm. basically, he's filming it exactly as it was on stage. Right. He's filming a stage play. It doesn't move anywhere. It stays exactly in that one place, which is different to later films like, uh, like, like I mentioned, you know, um, North by Northwest. Um, it looks like a play. When and you films watch like it, it does it look like, like a play. Yeah, Rear, look- Rear Window is nothing like uh, Frenzy. Right. There's right. so much difference in the, in, in the films, but people, and the same with John Carpenter, the thing is nothing like the Elvis film that he made. With, with right. right. <laughs> you know, what is like that film, really? Right. You know, and, and it's also nothing like Escape from New York. That they all have amazing. differences. Do, do you know what yeah. I mean? So they're yeah. given a specific, they're told, oh, it's Hitchcocky and or James Carpenter makes this type of film. This mm-hmm. person makes this type of film. Yeah. And it's the same yeah. with Tarantino where, where people will say, Tarantino makes, you know, some people will, you know, if they're a bit, naive they'll go it's made pulp fiction and then every film since then has been the same but it hasn't no they're all different and these directors have a variation to them and And i don't think you have like you don't have a halloween a john carpenter halloween without a alfred hitchcock psycho i don't think you have tarantino movies without Martin Scorsese movies. No, so I no. think they all build off each other and all feed off each other and then do their own thing. But I mean, John Carpenter himself has said he, it, Alfred Hitchcock's his inspiration. And I think, I don't know that Tarantino has said this, but you definitely can feel a Scorsese feel to a lot of his stuff. But then he put his own take on it because Tarantino is just an enigma. So yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with all the choices that you all have mentioned. I mean, I, th- a lot of those were on my list as well. I will add two other names, which is, uh, I'll go kind of way back and then I'll do kind of a more current one, although he's getting older. Uh, first is just Orson Welles. I mean, I, I just, yeah. you know, thank you, thank you, you know, man. The, the third man and all that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, Citizen Kane, but, um, and just kind of the boy wonder status. And I mean, one of my favorite movies is actually RKO 281, which is a Leo Schreiber oh, movie about the right. making of Citizen yeah. Kane. Citizen Kane and, right. and I I, yeah. I mean, that's how good it is that I, I enjoy watching the movies about the making of the movie. <laughs> right. um, but uh, the other the modern person I'll mention is uh, Spike Lee. Uh, yes. I, I oh, think Spike really. is yeah. you talk about a guy who has, you know, I, when Spike does that shot and he's done it in. Malcolm X, he did it in Inside Man. Um, he just did it recently in the 
uh, oh gosh, the movie Black, with uh, uh, Black Klansman, uh, yeah. where the the camera is kind of stationed to the trolley and the uh, an actor is kind of moving forward, but everything mm. else is moving back. I mean, it, it's just it's a shot that you just know that's a spike. That's right. a spike shot, you yeah. know, and and so and you talk about diverse, you know, 25th hour and inside man are so different than mm-hmm. movies like Malcolm X get on the and, bus. and Black Klansman, get on the bus, mm-hmm. do the right yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. I, you know, and, and just the way he makes audiences grapple with really difficult ideas and he doesn't tie things up into a nice little bow right. and have a nice little ending that at the end of do the right thing, you're kind of left going. Ah, like what's gonna, you know that's the, that that's movie. a choice and mm. i just i think he's got a lot of um i think he gets a lot of credit in my book for that i just think he i think his movies age better with time too i just mm. think yeah. the, the more time that passes you look back you go god that was a really good movie uh and and you know unfortunately the academy hasn't really recognized him i mean he Not got a really writing no. yeah, he got a writing oscar a couple of years ago but i it's you know, uh, you know, but much like Scorsese, who also was not recognized for Such years and years and years yep. for his best yeah. work. So, um, yeah, those are just two other names that I would add as, as guys who I think are making, have made in the past and then are still making classic films. Yeah. You think oh. there's some classic films that you think people say are classic and you don't think they deserve to be <sighs> put in? Oh. All the time, well, all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was gonna say, that could, Tom. That goes back to your very first point of right, like people exactly. don't know what the word means. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, Throw classic. John Hughes in there too, real quick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If we're Absolutely. going a little more yeah. current. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't like to knock people for their choices of what they consider to be classic films, just because, like, again, Clue. I've loved Clue since before Clue was cool. Right. And now it's like, oh, Clue is like this cult classic. No, I loved Clue when everybody else thought it was shit. I just so you wish, don't get to. Right. I just wish they would phrase it differently and just say, hey, look, here's a film that I think is classic and maybe you should check it out. Just don't say, oh, it's a right. classic. You right. know what I mean? Just reword it differently, maybe. Do you know? think Knives Out is a bit sort of like sort of Clue and Cluedo y sort of thing? I think it's a clever take on the whodunit genre to be honest uh, yeah. I mean um, it shows the uh, more creative and better side of the filmmaking of Ryan Johnson to be honest you know where, yeah. he's, where he's got that creative side to him where I think I think when the when they asked him to do the the Star Wars film I think in a way it's like a lot of independent filmmakers when they're asked to make a big film, they're sucked in by it in a way. And in a sense, I think they're being pulled away from where they should be in a way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the you know issues I think we have right now in the United States, at least with the next Eternals movie is directed by Chloe Zhao. And, you know, who just won the Oscar for best director for, uh, for Nomadland. And, you know, is Chloe Zhao's talents best used in the MCU and best used in Eternals? Or right. could she have a career making another 30 years worth of Nomadland type of movies? And right. we go, oh my God, what a career. And so it does seem as if the the MCU, the DCU, these kind of comic book are just sucking up these great young directors as yeah. soon as they kind of come of age. And you are kind of being robbed a little bit of maybe those second, third, fourth kind of smaller movies that they would cool. make that would be really I special. Agree. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, yeah it's, it's unfortunate but yeah I, I love Knives Out and I think it to your point about the Knives clue out. 
it, it, it allowed, you know, Daniel Craig just hammed it up. You could tell he loved doing that. I mean, after so years good. of playing Bond, I mean, right. just playing this ridiculous yeah, Southern accent and everything. I mean, he just really went for it. But uh, and they're making a sequel to that. So now that's part of its own yeah. Yeah, universe. Well, they're making so. two of them, aren't they? They're, they're, I guess like so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's, 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 that's an interesting one because, you know, coming back to Tarantino and people keep mentioning the, the Star Trek thing with Tarantino. And I think that's, mm. a, that's a misuse of Tarantino in a sense, yeah. bringing Perhaps. him into a franchise, you know, if, if they brought him into something like that. But, but if you're giving him uh, the, if you're giving him like the, the power to do what he wants to do, you know, and, and make it his own, then, then why not? I mean, Trekkies aren't going to like that. Well, a lot of them, but, 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 but that, those yeah. nerds are going to be yeah. mad. <laughs> but, but look at what he's done with, say, with different genres, like for Kill Bill. I mean, look, we, I mean, he's done these all these other different genres. Yep. You know, I, I, I get you. But I get what you're saying, Amanda. Names. Yeah. You know my, my, I mean? my favorite yeah. Tarantino yeah. film is actually Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Jackie, yeah, Jackie Brown's, Brown's amazing. Great. Yeah. yeah. Jackie Brown's great. Which is, which is, a, which like, is a modern um, take on a black exploitation film. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Those are, yeah. Django Unchained is probably my favorite. That is really yeah. good. Yeah. It's Django. hard to watch, but it's really good. And Christoph right. Waltz is Christoph genius. Waltz is, yeah. yeah. That might be one of Leo's best performances, too. I mean, that's uh, that's up there for him. Oh, well, so. that, that look that he's got is now, it was like, oh, well, yeah, it's the meme. You yeah. Know? yeah, you know. <laughs> but, but boy, did he uh, do, did he, did he get a great right. performance out of Don Johnson in that? <gasps> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, in Glorious Bastards, I think has some really so strong good. moments, you know, in that, you know, that film, you know. So yeah. again, Christoph waltz just yes yeah 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 what is he like uh i give tribute to you and your cows for this delicious yeah. milk or something <laughs> <laughs> the milk is delicious <laughs> i think tom's clock stopped it was that time yeah. to start was it oh, good. Yeah. i'm looking at tom's clock what what clock on tom's the clock Where? behind him it looks like the same time as when we started you sure it wasn't that time when we started now it's 20 minutes <laughs> y'all been busy <laughs> i'm agent scott and i'm cam the provocateur and we're from the spy hards movie podcast that's right and you are listening to pods like us the podcast that has a license to thrill all right yes. where, where else are we going with this was there anything else we're going so you've already done i think we've done all the subjects haven't we? i think that was yeah, yeah there was four right yeah yep. yes yep. and then we've managed to go in many different directions while we were talking <laughs> we about the four yeah. <laughs> that is okay yes as a quick aside did you win anything at the weekend matthew yeah, I actually won eighteen hundred dollars at the track. So yeah, I'm in Arizona. I'll take you the one out here. <laughs> I, I was just wondering because yeah. how, ex, how excited you were talking about Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, uh, no, it was a good day. It was a, yeah, the couple of my long shots hit early, and so yeah, uh, yeah, it was fun. You know that 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 pays for the times I don't do so well. So that. <laughs> <laughs> it all evens out and you know but my my philosophy is always you know bet small lose small so like if you you know bet a couple bucks it's not going to be the end of the world but if you hit really big hey that's great but if you lose it's not you're still having a good time so okay um, i can't yeah. gamble i can't stand to lose money i could have spent Listen, on shoes I, 
I've got, yeah, and that's, yeah, exactly. To your point, I mean, on this wall over here is just all movies. On this wall over here is just all Beatles and Beatles related stuff. Yeah. I don't want to give money away to <laughs> go to these other things i'll no, send you no. guys a picture of yeah. my stephen yeah. king bookshelf yeah. and you'll be like oh, yeah please she can't do get it. i'll do the same, I'll do <laughs> yeah. The same. Yeah. 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 How, how much money are you having to spend on the new kiss uh, deluxe set 200 bucks 200 bucks that's nothing against the thousand that's that not yeah not compared to the george harrison all things must pass uh, box yeah, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to listening to Tom's latest episode of Two Legs to find out if Paul McCartney's film, Give My Regards to Broad Street, is seen as a classic. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, no, no, I'm not the one that's going to be defending that film. <laughs> not at all. What's your latest episode doing, Amanda? What's on, what's on there? On uh, what is it? The well, sip list. The sip list. Um, yes, we will be doing this weekend our top five favorite Halloween moments and Nightmare on Elm Street moments. So mm. from the entire franchise of both films, I'm taking Halloween. My guest is taking Nightmare on Elm Street. So that'll Excellent. be our. And then, uh, yeah, that's it for for now. Johnny Depp's got to be up there in one of the top five for Nightmare on Elm Street. For sure, for sure. That, that sequence. I, I've got the Halloween list, but there's no way that one doesn't make the list. So, yeah. Are there any films that you would never, ever watch under any circumstances, even if somebody paid you to watch them? Uh, the gory films. I, I, I'm not a gore fan at all. Yeah, me neither. Um, so Saw movies are Any out, Saw movies uh, except the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't do gore. Yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and Halloween 6. I no, will not watch them. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of Dream Warriors? I love Dream Warriors. I think it's yeah. I think it's brilliant. Mm. I, yeah. I I I would consider it the best out of the whole franchise, even over the first one. I think it's a very clever film. It's it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a really good take. <laughs> right? Has anyone ever seen the film with Dennis Quaid, Dreamscape? We're coming out of classic oh, films. Yes. Here, but Dreamscape. Long, long yeah, yeah. Time ago. Long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. Not since the 80s, though. That's a clever yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like Inception before Inception existed. Oh, boy. Hmm. Before Inception's Inception. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Before Inception, Inception. Maybe that's how. Maybe that's how Chris Nolan came up with the idea. I mean, there's a whole rabbit hole we could go down there. Well done. That's the hook for today's show. The better half, right there, doing your thing. (laughs) You're going to go on more episodes now. Uh, mm. I like so, uh, supernaturally spooky Ooh. supernatural films. They're one of my favourite genres in time travel. Oh, the the others is a cracking film. Love that. Mm. I, didn't, the I didn't realize I love that, the, I the others. That the others was good. Yeah. yeah. I didn't work yeah. hard. Well, are you giving it away now? Well, they've probably yeah. seen it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if they, people haven't out there haven't seen it by now, that's their loss. Oh, know? I did. Yeah, that's an I older that, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I did that in the cinema with Sixth Sense the first time I saw it. I I'm sat, in, uh, sat in the middle of the cinema with a friend of mine, and and then all of a sudden, they, they're sort of like, it's that scene yeah. where they're both sat in the chairs, the, the mother mm-hmm. and him, they yeah. sat next to each other. And I turned around to, to my friend at the time, and I said, I said, Bloody hell, that guy's dead. 
<laughs> yep. <great. laughs> Bruce, Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and M. Night's been trying to capture lightning in a bottle ever since. Yeah, yeah. not great. Not great. Oh, it's the twist. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. And the thing is, he makes, uh, he's so frustrating because I love him because I'm originally from outside of Philadelphia and he's a Philadelphia guy. And so I, I try to support his movies and he's such a good filmmaker and he gets such good performances out of his people, uh, his actors so many times. And I feel like if he just didn't try to go for the twist, so many of his right. movies would be so much yeah. better. I mean, because yeah. they're like really well made for the first 90 minutes. And then it's just like, right. oh, what are you doing to me these last 20 minutes? <laughs> so because so, he's got talent. I mean, he's an incredibly no, gifted guy, but it's just oh, signs was signs was I thought was was going great. In the end until. The yeah. End. yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. Rain, really? Yeah. Yeah, Mercury Rising is a good film. film. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Excellent. I, th- I think M. Night Shyamalan would be well served to get a somebody to help him, possibly to do like script work with him. Because he has fantastic yeah. ideas. He's almost like a film version of um, Philip K. Dick, where yeah. Philip K. Dick has fantastic ideas of stories. But the tiny, and there's not much actually to the stories Someone that you Someone else, too. Uh, George, Lu- George Lucas. Yes, another George one. Lucas. Great, Great ideas. Great ideas, but, you know, he needs that extra help. Yep. You know? But those prequels yeah. were awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I know I know yeah. Matthew's brother, Nathaniel, would probably disagree with me on, I think. I, 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 we're not even going to talk about that because that's just <laughs> upset. So, uh, yeah, Nathaniel, yeah. Oh, don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can have him on to talk about those sometimes. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Hey there, this is Bobby with the Rock Guys podcast, and you are listening to Marv Smooth on the Pods Like Us podcast. Check him out. But, as, you, as you say, going off on a tangent, didn't you say that cassette tapes were coming back? Yes, cassette tapes are coming VHS back. VHS or mm-hmm. just cassettes? Oh, audio. Tape music. Audio tape Audio cassettes. cassettes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a record player that plays cassette tapes and CDs. Wow. Nice. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. I'm big into vinyl, though. But oh, Same yeah. here. Yeah. So is Tom. So is Tom. All Toms have been plastic by the look The problem it. is that I was into vinyl before vinyl became cool again. So like I would always right. go to like half price books or whatever mm-hmm. and just get super good deals. Now you go to half price books and everything is freaking expensive. Yeah, we've we've got one two minutes from yeah. where we live too. We go in there and they were like, um, you know, come on. I mean, and, and the spine's all busted up and, yeah. you, know, and the, you got all this ring wear on it and, but, but yeah. vinyl's back. So you yeah, got, you got all these hipsters got, yeah. that went vinyl. Yeah. And now <laughs> like- <laughs> that's, that's an interesting tangent as well. So are we all technically physical media people? Matthew, oh. when you, when you buy films and music, do you buy physical yeah. media or do you prefer to stream? That's a good question. I, I do have a, a collection of dvds and i still have vhs's that i haven't gotten rid of although i have no vhs player but i still have them um (laughs) but yeah i uh i think now i just stream mostly but here's the bizarre thing is i will and tom i don't know if this has ever happened to you uh, or marv but i will start watching a movie on cable like inside man is an example Mm. so sometimes inside man will be on cable and i'll start watching it 
And then I realize I own Inside Man, and it's man. on like right under. I'm like, why don't I just pop it in, in? Not have to deal with the commercials. Like, why am I watching this on cable? So, right. uh, that happens more than I like to admit. <laughs> so, um, but I do like. I, I'm a very tactile person. I do like to kind of feel and touch things, and kind of, yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, there's something yeah. special about that. It's so like I, I do like that. Book. I mean, if somebody yeah. gave me a Kindle. I prefer to read a book than to uh, read a Kindle. Like yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I'm taking the book. I, yeah, I'm a physical media media junkie through and through. Um, yeah. Since you know, the, you know, since I started collecting comic books um, in the early '80s, you know. Is that because um, we're older? Do you think? I would imagine so, but I am slowly starting to appreciate the apps on our, you know, on the TV, you know, and I was just going back and looking at some of the films, like on this Tubi TV, I was just looking at two films that, you know, my dad let me watch that. He probably shouldn't have let me watch. And I was revisiting those two films. Uh, one was called my tutor and the other one's called private lessons. Um, and these mm-hmm. were just like two, you know, those like lifetime, a uh, Skinamax mixture type well, pre pre Skinamax, but, um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but they're like, the, the teen sex comedies of, of, yeah. of you yeah. know, the you like, like the Fast Times and the Porkies, um, yeah. those films, you know, that I shouldn't have been watching at that nine and 10 years old. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I revisited those after, you know, not seeing for over like 35 years, you know, so um, and that's what I appreciate that. So something like that where I'm not going to buy it, but I'll go back and I'll and I'll watch it right. uh, from time to time on, on a streaming service. But um I will buy, I, I I have to have it on physical media. I've yeah. watched a film sort of like a long time ago and then revisited it and wondered why you liked it in the first place and thought, actually, this is a load of rubbish. You know what? And, and unfortunately for Amanda, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, about 10 years ago, I rewatched the, the, the three Karate Kid films and I was t- t- asking myself, why did I like these movies back then? Um, <gasps> even yes. the first one? Yeah, even the first <gasps> one. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm glad you can't see my face right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a good job. I'm sorry. But How what can I you love, not like I love the Karate Kid? I love Cobra Kai and what they're doing with it. I, I you really know what? You suck. Yeah. Stop talking. That's fine. <laughs> I was going to say one of the awful things about streaming is that there's that you can't get a lot of what we call the old classic films from the 50s and the 60s and the 40s on these streamers. And... Um, I'm going to mention Matthew's brother's show again, Binge Bros. I sent a yeah. message to to Joey, who who, who does the uh, the Binge Bros uh, Instagram feed, and yeah. I said to Joey, I said one thing that would help with a, a streamer like Netflix or or any of these streamers would be if they could get a deal for classic 40s and 50s films because then they get that audience in that aren't being actually appreciated elsewhere. Yeah. Mm. No, and I think that was, I mean, that's kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of politics behind this, I know, in Hollywood, but like that was also the deal with like, I thought Paramount Plus was going to have this whole like huge library, but now they're not. And and I thought that was kind of part of why Apple was trying to buy up or Amazon was trying to buy up Mm. one of the MGM. And like, you know, again, it was like, they'll just have this massive catalog, which... I think the question is, do they kind of release them in a slow drip or do they just put them out there all at once? And I think what they're probably going to end up doing is doing kind of, unfortunately, the former and just kind of like they'll put out 
you know, a bunch of like Gene Kelly movies one month and then they'll kind of pull them back. And they're then they'll, slowly you know, starting to release them back onto on, on Blu-ray again. I've noticed, yeah. um, you know, I just picked up a, a place in the sun, which they just released um, on Blu-ray, you know, so um, I'm noticing Paramount starting to, but I, it's funny you mentioned that because yeah, I did hear that they were selling, but I didn't know about the Paramount plus thing, whether or not they were supposed to have all these films on there or not. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to option the all the game, someone needs to option all the universal monster movies. Like I feel like yes. that would be a really because I will say the whole genre of the universal monsters are some of my like which we didn't mention, but movies I will watch every time they're on, like all time mm. favorites. And if I feel like if some streaming service would option all of those together, it could be well, it could be a flop or it could be lucrative, but I think you could get a new generation of people into that too. Right. Well, it's up to us really to, yeah. to, you know, get the, you know, those youths to, or youths, if you will, to watch these films. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of classic, my cousin Vinny, I mean, that's a classic yeah. right there. And two youths. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Well, Marv, I got. Yeah. I have two dogs yeah. downstairs that uh, need to get let out, so I need to okay. unfortunately hit the road. Let, let's everyone do our sign-outs then. So, M Matthew, tell okay. everyone about right. the shows that you do and how they can get hold of you. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, I have two podcasts from The Swamp to the Swamp and uh, The Win Place Show. The Swamp to the Swamp is about politics in America and abroad. And The Win Place Show is focused on mostly American horse racing. And you can get those by going to amalfimedia.com or by going to the podcast platform of your choice. Okay. Amanda? Um, so I have The Sip List and... Um, I am a member of the Nerd House Entertainment Network, so you can go to nerdhouseentertainment.com, or you can find me on all the social medias, the Simplest Pod, and yeah, so check it out on all the other places you get your podcasts to. So. And Tom? Yeah, uh, two shows. One is uh, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, which is also a video cast as well. So you can uh, check that out on YouTube at, at the same name and all the other uh, audio outlets. And the other one is called Talk More Talk, which is a solo Beatles video cast, which uh, not just Paul, but it's also the other three, John, George and Ringo. And again, that's on YouTube and uh, everywhere else. Okay. Why is Ringo always last? Because <laughs> he was the last to join. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but where, yeah, where, yeah. where Queen Elizabeth was he the first one? Didn't <laughs> she? Apparently, well, he was the first born. Well, yes, yeah, there first you go. born. Yeah. And I do two podcasts as well. Uh, one is P Two Podcast Blues, which is a George <laughs> Harrison based podcast. And I also do pods like us, obviously, because you're here now and you know where to find me because you're listening to the show as well. But you can contact us on podslikeus at gmail.com. And I have a website, which is themarvzone.org. All right. There we go. This Thanks was great fun. Me. Yes. Thank yeah, you. Thank buddy. you. Okay. Thank nice you, everyone, you for listening. And yeah, I hope nice you're listening meeting again. you guys. Yep. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Yep. Grateful. Take care, everyone. Take care. Speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Matthew. Amanda. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. See you on Take the fantasy board. <laughs> yep. Nice meeting you guys. Take Bye. Care. Bye. 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 Bye.
Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Crubell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm, um, I, I don't know how to word this, I'm joined by three people who, I'll, I'll be honest here, I've uh, been reading a magazine that they all have been involved in over the years called SFX, and they do a great show called Robbie the Robot's Waiting, and first there is uh, Dave Bradley. Hey Dave, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us, Marv. Appreciate it. That's okay. And Rich Edwards. Hello. Hello, short and sweet. And (laughs) Tanavi Patel. Hi. Hi. It's like I'm listening to the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you for having us on. It's it's, it's great. Thank you for your your kind words and supporting us. Yeah. 